just like, I need to get to the end so I can do my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the imperial scrolls of honor podcast i am josh bolin and i'm jay baxter and we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again this is a game ep finally coming down the pipe here uh, amidst the steady crumbling of society as we know it with, <laughs> with, with the oddball japanese prototype version of monster party for the nintendo entertainment system yeah buddy yeah. Emulation disclosure. I emulated on Nestopia on my PC with my USB replica NES standard controller. Jay, how did you tackle this little undertaking? I emulated it on OpenEMU on my desktop Mac with the standard NES controller as well. Nice, nice. Please rate and review this baby. And to get right into it, what are we playing now? What are you playing now, Jay? Man, I got to tell you, Call of Duty Warzone, have you tried it out? Nah, man, I have never been a Call of Duty guy. Oh, uh, it, it's different. So it's kind of like your standard battleground game, like uh, Fortnite, like big open world, 100 games type situation. If you say so, games type I situation. No, no idea what Fortnite exactly is. Oh, so. my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so it's like that. Basically, it's a blast. Also, Doom Eternal. Okay. Yeah. Just get back into that one. Yeah, that sure. that that hit, and I have I have watched. I you know I have enough of a emotional tie to the originals uh, at the DOS level, and I, I do I actually I, <laughs> before I have the the VR version of 2006 June 2016 for for P, for PlayStation 4. So mm -hmm. it, yeah, I'm I'm it's on my radar, and I've watched some reviews of it online and stuff. I have not pulled the trigger yet, mostly because of Animal Crossing. <laughs> ah, Animal Crossing. Yeah. Courtney just downloaded it this morning. She's been oh, playing really? it all day. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, kiss her goodbye, dude. <laughs> oh. She oh. almost downloaded it on my Switch, and I was like, wait, no. I hold. I heard we have to have separate islands on our separate switches. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, you know, we were talking before we jumped on about the uh, the cohabitation. Uh, um, you know, situation. Yeah, the cohabitation situation with 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 the way the world is at present, and uh, you know the quarantine thing, and yeah, Animal Crossing only further uh, imp uh, compounds <laughs> in, any friction that you might be generating in the real world because it is, uh, you know, it's just another a whole nother group set of things that that can butt heads about. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be downloading that myself after this episode is over. That's funny that you're you're getting two of them. Uh, we <laughs> have discussed two switch purchases or another switch purchase for this very this very reason. Uh, if oh. only if only jokes to this point, I think it, it may actually get to the point where we consider it uh, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> what better time? <laughs> yeah, so they actually sell Animal Crossing specific designs of switches. Uh, oh, and, nice! And, and marketing. Um, fucking, I don't even know where to what where to put that on the spectrum of just like. <laughs> unreal luxury over-the-top purchases one could make uh, an actual animal crossing crossing specific uh nintendo switch but bet you that's a hot item uh it probably is it's, but they actually in the game so in the game first one of the first special items you get in the game is a nintendo switch that you can <laughs> that you can put in your little <laughs> house right and just i just we 
just I just eclipsed a kind of milestone in the development of the island. Uh, one of the big kind of narrative things in the game is your participation participation in and uh, like oversight of the actual like logistics development of the island building the bridges and kind of working with tom Nook, the little overseer the little town overseer on building the the way the whole thing is is kind of set up you know uh, which is cool Director of infrastructure exactly yeah <laughs> animal precisely. bill yeah <laughs> yeah uh and yeah one one of the things that that uh, that is big in that uh is something i accomplished the other day and again this is just i can just go down fucking rabbit hole after rabbit hole talking about this game but <laughs> there's, there's like a uh a they have like a i don't know a fucking like a frequent flyer kind of program in it where like you <laughs> you you do little tasks in the game, and it's just kind of like an achievement system of sorts that gives you these. They're called Nook Miles, and they amount to just like you know fucking tickets at Chuck E. Cheese that you can turn in for shit. And uh, ah, okay, <laughs> one the, yeah, one of the things you could turn it in for on after this new uh, development that I had happen in town is a Animal Crossing specific switch in the game. <laughs> like in the game yeah, like not only can you just get a normal switch uh for your your little house but you can also get a a animal crossing specific design nintendo switch which again is just like i don't even know you know it's uh, such high concept marketing <laughs> it's unreal wow um what an achievement josh yeah congratulations right right, right. So yeah, that's uh, anyways. Back to Doom. Yeah, it's it's on my fucking radar, and I'm considering it. Uh, but it kind of I it pisses me off that there is no VR version. Like I when I really, I something I watched one of those videos I watched. I was like, okay, you got me. I'm gonna do it. And then I was like, I was like, I started looking up a VR version, and there is no VR version. And I was like, well, fuck you then. Like I'm not no. <laughs> like <laughs> if that game there... was VR, it would be dope. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Well, I told yeah. you, dude. You have the VR headset now. Get 2016. I'm telling you, it's. I haven't played this new one, but there's just no way it's not it's not better in VR form. It's just it's right. impossible. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to do that then. If, yeah. if that's what you're telling me, yeah, that's the next purchase. Because it's, why not? It's, it's exhausting, man. It's fucking like it's, it's <laughs> so intense of a game to put it in VR is like emotionally and physically exhausting, even without the action <laughs> you would think you'd need to feel physically exhausted. <laughs> well, I need to work out these days, and I yeah. can't go. So there you go. Yeah, it will get your synapses firing if nothing else. Nice. Yeah. So. so I take it you are playing Animal Crossing. Is, am, is there anything else yeah, outside of that? <laughs> uh, I, I, well, I am doing other shit, but uh, this there is uh, yes, it's like the thing about Animal Crossing, dude. It's just oh, first of all, it's exactly like it was on GameCube. You know, 15 really? years ago, I had it on GameCube, and it is the yep. fucking exact same game, at least in spirit. I mean, there are there are functional changes. The biggest one probably being there is now a shit ton of cell phone stuff in the game. You know, it's called it's called your little Nook phone, and it kind of makes my skin crawl <laughs> that it that it that it's a necessary part of the game. But honestly, it probably does. It is beneficial to the gameplay experience, and it would you know you can't. The whole idea is that you're emulating real life in this little cartoon environment, and I don't. You know, how can you pod? You know, we're to the point where yeah, cell phone. Yeah, exactly. Cell phone. You can't. It's a it's a basic part of human existence now. So to exclude it would probably be uh, you know errant. But. Mm. And so yeah, it's it's just it's like a it's a zen like experience, man. It just is it, it's like it should be the most <laughs> boring. 
stupid thing. It doesn't thing. sound fun. Like, yeah, it does not no, sound dude, fun. Like, you're not selling me on it right now. Yes, <laughs> dude, it's, it's, it, everything about it just screams, like, this should fucking suck. But it does not. It is enjoyable in just, like, the most pure and, and, and honest way. Uh, that you can enjoy something i think it's just it's so it's i don't know i don't know how to explain it dude it's such a brilliant idea uh it is the perfect mix of like you know i played sims and i've played i've played game you know kind of i played a little bit of harvest moon and i've played things like that where you're just trying to you know they're sandbox games where you're kind of just trying to emulate real life and 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 in mm-hmm. some semi-detached way and they just perfectly walk the line of the mundane element of that and this kind of surreal, cartoony exaggeration of it that is so fun and so well done. Um, mm. it's, it, it's fucking, it's just a brilliant, it's just a brilliant, brilliant thing. And I'm, I'm, it's a blast. And, but it, it is 100% a, uh, there is, because of the mundane nature of it and how it's tied to the real world clock and seasonal changes, et cetera, et cetera, you, there is a chore uh, element to it where you you know you can't do it all at once you can't just plow through the game like you have you are dependent on the passage of real time so mm. you know there's like this daily check-in uh mechanic that it requires you to adhere to and that you know so you, you know you so you if you don't go in and play on a given day you miss shit <laughs> like there's <laughs> real and like you will never be able to get you can't get it back unless you know the old one on gamecube you could fuck with the because it wasn't you know the internet didn't exist really yet. so you your gamecube sure sure as hell wasn't really hooked to it uh, in any real way they had some sort of internet uh fucking accessory for it i think but it was bullshit um, but so you could you could go into the GameCube internal cl- PCU clock and change the date and stuff and fuck, <laughs> and, and fuck if you wanted. Uh, it would fuck it would fuck things up a little bit, especially if you went backwards in time. But uh, it's, you know you could manipulate it somewhat uh, as you wanted to the, to a degree with Switch. Mm. You can you could st- I think you can still do it. I've read you can still do it. Uh, but it because of the internet thing, it's it's certainly more difficult, and I, it's probably more catastrophic. And honestly, if you're going to do it that way, it takes a lot of the allure of what it, of the immersion of the game out of it. So, I, you know, Got it. even if you miss something, you're probably better off just like living with that as you would have to live with it in real life. If you're any sort of purist, anyways, I don't know. Some people don't give a fuck about anything, but <laughs> uh, yeah. So right. fucking yeah. So it's just yeah, there's just a daily need to play the game because you're going to miss something if you don't. Uh, um, and it's it's fucking brilliant. The <laughs> there's like a one of the really fun things about it is there's a custom art design feature that it has built in, and this was in the GameCube version too, and I'm sure it's been in all of them. But the there's like a you can just just make whatever art design you want on this kind of palette application that it has built into it, and then you can take those art designs and and apply them to a range of things in the game. You know, uh, you can make shirts and hats and fucking all, all sorts of clothing right. items and you, you can take the patterns and put them on your bed and you can put them on you can make wallpaper and flooring with the designs if you want so it's just i mean the really it is a uh, limitless okay yeah it's a limitless from an art perspective kind of uh customization that you can uh, have in, in in your game and i have <laughs> devoted a completely insane amount of time <laughs> to designing <laughs> I, I designed a like a really dope ass standing Buffalo Bills hat for my dude, uh, and a like, dude a spot on Josh Allen jersey, and 
and I made so, and I made a Bill Zubaz print design that I uh, have put on my bed. It's like a bedspread kind of. Uh, so yeah, you can just there's this. What I, 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 I also took the Zubaz thing and made a phone cover for it too. So my your, my cell phone has a little cover with that says Bill Zubaz. <laughs> It's just you can you can do it's just so much fucking fun, dude. It's so it's so dumb, but so fun. And I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, All right. All okay. right. <laughs> and that and, and that and that is our uh official uh Nintendo sponsored uh right? <laughs> content segment of the show. <laughs> uh beyond that, I uh I played my first couple of Dungeons and Dragons games since the mid nineties. What was and, that like? Uh, it's wild, dude. It, it, it was uh, it also the for the very first time ever on the Information Superhighway. So I was playing. I was playing on. It's called Roll Twenty is the website, which I guess is one of two. I can't think of what the other one is offhand. But there's two kind of like big dogs in this realm. And and it, what it is, it's an online tabletop gaming platform. Dungeons and Dragons isn't the only game on it, but it's by far the most popular. Hmm. So. Yeah, so the idea is it's this application, a web-based application, browser-based application. Well, you can get there. There is an iPad uh, or tablet application too. I believe you can get that, um, so you don't have to be tied to your laptop. But I play it on my laptop because you have better functionality. I feel so. Yeah, it's it. The idea is it's it recreates uh, sitting in a room at a table with other human beings. You know, it it, oh. it has it, yeah, it has like this graph-based tabletop of sorts and i honestly this is you know i'm i'm playing the free version of it there's a plus version that maybe i don't think there's a huge difference from what i understand in the actual application the gaming application but there is higher functionality and stuff that i don't have access to because i'm not paying yet anyways and uh, uh and to my knowledge there are also you know maybe less widespread use because you kind of have to have like a little bit of a dumbed down element to it for it to be work on the fucking entire world's computer so there are things you can get that replicate a much more realistic tabletop in quotations experience but the all all the nuts and bolts are there for it uh in in this case with with roll 20 and um yeah i mean it it kind of blows my fucking mind what what i mean I've, i've known that this is possible and i've heard of these things and i've danced around the idea of looking at it and i mean honestly dude so <laughs> playing dungeons and dragons was my new year starting to play again new, dungeons and dragons was my new year's resolution for 2017 dude. <laughs> really so, yeah, so that's how long i've been thinking about trying to find a way to play dungeons and dragons again right so i mean literally the new year's day 2017 i found and downloaded the pdf version of the fifth edition player's guide so that's kind of like just the basic the most basic rule book for a player that you can get it's like the officially licensed tsr dungeons and dragons fifth edition player's guide so i downloaded the pdf version of that and dude i sat down and read that fucker cover to cover like you would read a book you know and it's it's not i mean you can it, there's beautiful art in it and it does you know it's a storytelling game or, or tabletop game so there's like an uh, an air of storytelling to the writing in it but it's not the kind of thing you should sit down and fucking just read uh <laughs> it's, it's meant to be a rule book and uh so I, yeah, I read it and then i just have been looking for a solution i was trying to find a real world solution like i looked there's a, there's websites that you know you can kind of find gaming groups and stuff and i once i moved out here too i also looked for places in west la where you can meet up and and with strangers basically and play Dungeons and Dragons and I don't know, dude. The idea of meeting strangers for this context is paralyzing to me. I just can't. Do it. <laughs> I can imagine, man. <laughs> yeah. it's just too much that could go wrong. Like I just I don't know. It just it I I I just could not make the jump and do it. Uh, and on, on top of that, like social 
fucking apprehension. I also, uh, you know, like I played it, me and Jab played it as kids, but I'm, you know, fucking we were kids and I'm sure we weren't doing it right. And right. in hindsight, after playing it a couple times, no, we definitely weren't doing it right. So there's like a fear of like walking in and being the asshole that fucks up the game. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't want, you know, I, I was, I was scared of letting it happen. So those two things, be that guy, <laughs> exactly. those two things combined, I was kidding me from doing it. And like this fucking quarantine situation put me in a position. I got a hair at my ass and I started Googling and I saw enough shit on roll 20. I was just like, fuck it and made an account. And then like, you know, you, so you're like there on the precipice of like being able to go into a room and play a game at any second. There's like pickup games that you can just like are constantly populating this join a game feed of people all over the world, just going into a virtual room. And and they're they're called one offs, one shots, and it's just like there's no, uh, there's no. I mean, you develop, you make a character real quickly in this fucking character creation tool that it has, and you can make a little backstory and like think about who your character is as a human being, and that's a big part of what playing Dungeons and Dragons is. It's like a immersive story world. And you're supposed to have, you know, you're supposed to be a person. You're not just a you know, a Skyrim character rolling dice, fucking whacking things and, and finding treasure. Like, <laughs> you're supposed to be being, you know, playing every aspect of hum- of the human condition within the story world. Uh, but these one-shots are, you know, they're a little bit more, like, they, they take some of that out of it and you're kind of more geared toward just going on one adventure, one standalone adventure with a group of people and there's a GM uh, or dungeon master, whatever you want to call it, that runs the game and you guys go in there and you do it and you play for a few hours and then you walk away you never have to think about it again. So like that those are right. cool. It's but fucking <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I'm sitting there. I'm like looking at the list, and I'm like, I want to do it so bad, but I'm terrified because I don't know what I'm doing. And like I've done the tutorial to know how to use the platform, but it, I don't know everything. And even what I do know, I'm not. I haven't tested in a real fucking you know real time <laughs> uh, room with with people. So like I don't know if I really have it. So like I clicked on a thing, and like I was in, and I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> like, <laughs> like time to go. Yeah, well, I didn't have the, I don't know, I just went with it. And, like, I did, nice. so I did not, I was not even, like, planning to play. I just, like, saw a game pop up, and it was, like, timed up with when I was really trying to get going. And I was just, like, fuck it, and just did it. And it turned out, dude, it was, it was an amazing experience. It was so fucking fun. And nice. Yeah, there's, like, different formats that you, they have, like, text-only games where you just, like, all type in a chat, uh, chat mm-hmm. thread kind yeah. of thing on the right side of the screen. Yeah. And then there's also games where people do either video and audio or just audio or, you know, some sort of real time communication. And nice. that uh, like, you know, that was like, I, I don't even know if I knew that I was picking a text only game, but thank God I did. Cause the first, I don't even, I, you know, it's just, it's terrifying to like have to react in real time and like not be able to think about what the fuck you're saying and what you're doing. And like, you know, the, the text thing slowed it down a little bit that made it kind of consumable. <laughs> as a first-time player that I was thankful for. And honestly, it, it was a fucking incredible experience. Like, there's just no limit. The the best part about Dungeons & Dragons is there's no limit. Any any game, any video game you play has, like, these constraints to it, dude. Like, uh, you know, like, you, you're... Of course, confined. you gotta have constraints. Exactly, you're, fine by the, you're, defi- you're, you're confined by the rule set and, like, the format of the play and the UI and everything. Like, all that shit plays into a set of rules you have to adhere to. And... Yes, Dungeons and Dragons has rules, but one, they're only a, they're only you know even like the, the the books say like these are a guideline like do whatever the fuck you want like the whole idea of Dungeons and Dragons is there just there are no limits to what your imagination can build into this world and like so you know there there may be this base set of rules that everyone's supposed to follow but if it's a known understanding from the top and all these games have kind of like 
a, a rundown by the dungeon master of like what are the changes to basic rules, et cetera, et cetera. So everything is known in advance. And if everyone's walking into it with that knowledge, like it can be anything, you know? Hmm. So yeah, there's just a, a wild custom custom ability to it and customization ability to it or, 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 or element to it. And it's fucking, I, yeah, I don't even just, you could do anything like anything that comes to your mind. There is a way to implement it, implement it into the game that you're playing and that's so fucking cool man and it's so different than anything that's one of those uh six hour games like uh like monopoly and like risk right i've never played it's, it's one it's, of those like marathon yeah oh sets. for sure and it's funny you say six hours because that's exactly how long this first <laughs> which was i started at 9 p.m and like had no idea that i was gonna be playing until fucking 3 a.m uh, and this is supposed to nice. like there were like the words the word short was in the description of the game so i was like okay I can make that work <laughs> like, <laughs> like short. Okay. I don't, ex- I didn't plan on doing this. I don't have time set aside. My dog needs to go out even as I'm starting here. Like there's a million things about it that are not, you know, I did not want to be, I didn't, I, and I just, I, there's just no way to know what to expect before you do it, dude. It's like, you know, wow. so many other things in life. It's just too expansive of a, uh, a wild west of a, of a thing to have to have any clue what you're getting yourself into until you do it and uh so yeah i was, I was playing until fucking 3 a.m and it was but it was a blast it was fucking great and uh i had a really good time and i was like kind of surprised that i that it was such an enjoyable experience because i expected like even you know i was clearly the most inexperienced person in that game mm-hmm. and they were totally fucking I mean you know it said like newer new players welcome so it wasn't a total fucking left field thing that I didn't know what I was doing but uh, I, I knew nothing and they like they were helping me with like basic fucking functionality stuff at times and having played a game since where I do know those things now it takes you out of the fucking game to have to explain to someone how to fucking move your character or something you know so like it's not mm. ideal for someone to not know what the fuck they're doing so despite that everyone was super fucking cool we had a really good time and the, the adventure went great. The GM did a great job, even though he said it was one of his first times actually GM in the game. There was so much about it that went well uh, that I was like, I wonder if that was like, you know, the first high that I'm never going to be able to replicate. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're uh, never going to know until you try the next app. Well, yeah, well, I did. I played it again uh, a night or two ago, and I was a, this one was an audio video one. And oh. it, was, it was fucking it went so much worse, dude. And I think, (laughs) really, yeah. And I think part of it was the audio video. I think the audio video thing fucks things up a little bit, unless you're playing with really experienced players that maybe know how to walk the line between staying kind of in character. Like, I'm not saying we should all be voice acting or anything, but like there should be like a level of effort to, of immersion from everyone. And there was just, there was none of that. The GM, wasn't as good it seemed and granted you know the, the first one i didn't get to have talking to me real time in video but um it just seemed like he had a, a, a lesser grasp on what the story was and what we were doing and so yeah it was just like a way shittier experience and like i didn't have i you know you can't just bail dude like i don't know you can i guess you if you want to be a fucking prick but like you can't just leave because it fucks the game up for everyone so like you know wait till you're sucked in for six hours this one one only went like four and some change i think so it wasn't quite bad (laughs) Uh, it's still yeah i mean and and ultimately i still had fun i'm not saying it was a fucking complete shit show or anything but it was definitely not as good and like kind of taught me a lot about the range of like what the experience can be you know Um, Hmm. it was was, it's weird dude we should definitely fucking start a, a campaign though for the for the show dude oh man 
I've never played that game. That's that seems like that's, so intense to me. It, it that's like just so deep. You do not need to. It's it. There there yes like. You learn the rule. The rules are super fucking simple. And honestly, this platform kind of dummy proofs it for you because you are, con- you know, with unless the rules are physically changed within, like the character sheet you make and stuff is kind of all uh, point and click to execute actions and shit via, like, the, you okay. know, the, you have all your little scores and stuff and like the the saving throws or they're called if you get like, you know, save your fucking guy, get sprayed with acid or something. You have a certain, it's called a saving throw that's dependent on one of your six base ability scores that determines whether or not you are damaged or you avoid it or whatever the fuck you want to call it however the gm wants to play that out but um so there's like a very defined set of rules and the game kind of dummy proves it for you so you don't have to like learn an entire ridiculous expansive rule set to even to start or anything you can kind of work your way through it so that that part of it is mitigated especially via this platform uh but honestly like like you know like i said if you have a group of people who are tolerant and understanding that everyone is kind of not the most experienced person uh, there's a way to work through it too you know so a lot of the things that i was intimidated by were completely unfounded just like everything else in life you're fucking just do the thing asshole <laughs> strap on a pair and go like it's not that bad you sissy <laughs> nice uh, so yeah dude, brave, so, brave in the mean streets of D. right exactly yeah so i fuck, i think i do i i think uh i don't know it's it, it is it is a daunting idea and the whole and like you know, you need to, to do a game that's entirely internal. We would need a GM and that's like a whole level of commitment that I don't think either one of us had the time for, but yeah, the idea is very attractive to me. And I think at some point it will be really cool. Maybe after the apocalypse is over um, to, <laughs> to, to try to find a way to, to, to make a game uh, and find us a GM or something where, cause the, you know, the, all the stuff I just described is like, was fun. And like, you know, I'd made this character. It's a tiefling is the, is the you pick a race and then you, you know, like any other fucking these games, these fancy games, you pick a race and then they have a class, class and yeah. each class has their own <laughs> like, you know, level uh, development system where they gain different abilities and stuff. Uh, and, you know, the way your yeah, class, they- yeah, the way your class and race interact can give you certain advantages and disadvantages and blah, blah, blah. So like there's like this inherent built in development or inclination to want to develop someone uh, just like any other adventure game. And you can't really have that in these one-shot deals where you're just playing with strangers. Like, you need to start a game where, you know, a group of people who are the same fucking human beings get together every week at, you know, some sort of schedule or something and uh, create a story world as you go, you know. And, and these people develop or these characters develop as people as you go through it over over time. And that I think that's kind of like obviously like really high concept and really fun way to do it because – the pro, you know, we, we do. I did these one shots, and like we get treasure, and it's like it doesn't fucking matter. They get treasure because, and in, in two hours, the amount of money I made here means nothing to me, you know. So like, there's a that really kind of takes away some of the fun of it because you don't have the, the 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 reward is meaningless. You know what I mean? What you'd be able to take it with you and and. Well, the thing, I mean, you can like you know one of the guys in the last game I was playing was saying like we finished the 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 can the little the, the adventure that we were doing and like everyone was kind of going their ways and he was like you know the because we were playing a one-off game, the GM didn't even talk about kind of the experience gained uh, from the final battle and stuff. And that's because we're not playing, like, this game just has no continuation. But this guy has his character, and he's like, I like to track this stuff just on my own. So, like, basically he kind of has his own internal story world that he takes from one shot game to, to the next. Uh, or one one-shot game to the next one-shot game with his little character. 
and just kind of translates those that progress on his own, you know, in his own mind, even though it may not be really recognized. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, again, okay. that, that's just a perfect example of like the level of there's just no bounds to the the way you can play the game. You can play it however the fuck you want. <laughs> you know, they're just no interesting. And it's so much fuck. It's so cool. So, well, if I'm gonna freaking buy Animal Crossing and plays real world animals, I mean, why not play Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, dude. There's no why. Why limit? <laughs> Get those. crazy. Why have any sort of real world life? Just like that, dude. And that's, that's <laughs> like, I'm Ready Player here. One. Yeah, dude. I, I'm sitting here playing this fucking thing, and like, you know, like I say, I mean, like the dog's got to go out, but I can't take the dog out. Like, there's no pause. You can't pause the game. There's, four, <laughs> there's six other people that are like depending on you're not gonna like, hey, dude, I'll be back in six minutes. I mean, you, again, you could, and that's another advantage of maybe playing with regulars that you know is like, that's like a built-in expectation that someone might have to take a dog out. And we're gonna take a fucking break, but like, if that's not uh, explicitly determined in advance, you feel like a fucking asshole. <laughs> so, so like, like this just, it just yeah, completely takes you out of any functionality in the real world <laughs> for the entire time you're doing it. It's fucking, it's weird. It's, it's a very bizarre behavior, um, <laughs> or very bizarre activity rather. So yeah, fucking Dungeons and Dragons, man. It's fucking cool. We got to figure it out. But the the very last thing that I've been doing, I don't know if I'm subconsciously missing the start of the baseball season because uh, I'm not the world's biggest baseball fan, but I have had this weird inclination to play bases loaded too here and there. <laughs> what? So, yeah, I'm doing these little fucking calisthenic workout workouts in my apartment because the gym's closed here; they won't let us work out. So I have this no equipment shit I'm doing in my uh, apartment to not get fat as fuck and the like. I'll fire up a bases loaded two game and play an inning in between breaks. In between sets, basically. <laughs> Which nice. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Again, just a funny, like, never had this. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it an opportunity, but never had this situation arise in my life where I'm having to, to <laughs> like, find something to do in between sets of calisthenics in my apartment. <laughs> because, again, there's a fucking apocalypse happening out in the real, uh, out in the real world. So. Oh, man. I, I've never missed the gym so much right now. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I hate working out but i do like how the gym makes it the easiest like it's it's the most low investment high return way to spend that time oh yeah you know what i mean because you just go you get out of the house i go first thing in the morning so i'm out of the house i'm awake i'm like well i'm here this is what i'm going to do right now right yeah but at home it's like the kids are walking around there's always something else that can be done for sure. Should yeah, be being fucking, my, my, I'm fucking doing fucking crunches or something, and my dog's trying to step on my face, and like, you know, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, it's it's definitely not as focused of a fucking activity when you're doing it in your in your living room. Um, yeah, and then you know, obviously, no weights too sucks. So, and that's what I mean too. Like, I got to work. I got to work. It's you know, it's uh, I'm doing resistance idea stuff. Like, the, it has resistance shit going on with it. So there's like some level of strength training to it. Uh, and I'll, having to say all these things makes my skin crawl a little bit. Cause I, <laughs> like I'm, I don't, I'm not like a workout twat or anything, but like the, uh, you know, it's not the same as you have to work hard. You have, it's like, it's basically it's to some degree or another aerobic work. And like, I hate cardio. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, worse. Like I don't yeah. want to do 200 pushups to try to right, equate yeah. the same level I, pump. Come on. Exactly. Precisely. You can do way, you can get way more done with weights in a way shorter period of time with ultimately way less effort. If you've gotten yourself to a certain baseline fitness level, <laughs> you know, exactly. like, and, yeah. And this totally, totally takes that away. And I have to work way fucking harder. It sucks. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess what else, what else, how else has, uh, the 
fucking coronavirus pandemic affect your life, Jay? I guess we should. We would be remiss if we didn't if we didn't build in a current events section here, giving all. Oh this. man, just <laughs> trying to learn trying to learn a new job. Obviously, working for Microsoft now. Interestingly, video game section. So that's awesome. But at the same time, learning a new job while being 100 percent virtual, not ideal in this company. Not I, ideal. I bet. You know, not being able to just like peep around a corner, talk to a coworker. It's like, man, let me check. Is this person available? I don't want to reach out. You know, just you're technology not, just being crashing because I'm not on the company server like physically. You're not. You're not just in constant Zoom calls with some sort of mentor. <laughs> we're we're in constant calls, but like I just I got to get stuff done. You know, so it's not like I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is weird. It's dude. a busy time too. Every, so. Everything's fucking weird right now for everyone. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you like? Do you have to like stand in a a line to get into a grocery store? <laughs> no, nothing like that. I actually uh, went grocery shopping. What was it maybe two days ago? And it was the worst because like Courtney always shops, and so I usually run. If I go get something, I just run around the corner to the QFC, no big deal. But because she usually goes to multiple places, she wrote me this super long list, so I didn't <laughs> have to go out again and sent me to Fred Meyer, and so it's farther away. I wore a war mask. Mofos were not practicing social distancing. So I'm like freaked. I'm like stressed out the whole time. Like I'm playing football, dodging a weed with people, trying to find all the special stuff that she needed, the gluten-free this, the whatever, you know, the 80-20 grass-fed beef there. It was so stressful, dude. Plus, on top of that, I wore a sweater, not thinking about the fact that I was going to be probably stuck there for two hours. So I had a sweater on and a coat. I'm like sweating with this mask on. It was I was miserable. <laughs> I was miserable. I got home and I was just like, honey, I just I don't want to talk about it. That's I just right. got the stuff. Just don't even ask me how my experience was. <laughs> I I barely did. I honestly, so I got back whenever the hell that was that I got back from New Mexico, dude. I barely, I barely, I have not, dude. I have, I have walked across the street maybe three or four times to get milk and or bread products from the deli. Uh, that is it. I have not gotten my car. I have not like, dude, I have been thinking, so I, wow. I, I ordered the, I posted a picture of it online, the, uh, on our, on our social shit. I, uh, my buddy will sent me this link to this company call. I think it's heroes, heroes armory, I believe it's called. And they, they have made all these keys and they do USB thumb drives and stuff, but they're all designed in various cool retro fucking, uh, oh, cool. uh, you know, like the one I got was the Eye of Thundera, the Thundercats sword. So I, I got a, <laughs> I, I got a house. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's a house key that they send. It's just like the dummy key. You know, you got to get it made. Obviously, you don't send them your fucking key. So they send you right. a dummy, and you have to take it to a locksmith and get that fucker made. Which in the normal situation is no big deal. I have been because of what this shit going on. Like I got the key probably four or five days ago. And I have done the work of calling a locksmith. That's like eight, an eight minute drive away to make sure they're even open. Yes, they are. Holy shit. That's cool. Okay. So like, I have like thought for three days in a row now about getting there before 5 45 PM when they close to get a key made <laughs> for three days. I've thought about the most dumb ass <laughs> mundane <laughs> responsibility and have not accomplished it because I'm like, well, is it really? I keep like, it's not essential. Like, I do not need the key made. Like, I do not. Like, yes, they're open. I probably don't put myself at any significant risk to get the stupid key made. But if I but did, is it worth the risk? Exactly. <laughs> if I got sick from making this dumbass key that I don't even need, I would be suicidal. 
like yeah <laughs> and like and, and like it, and it's even on a, you know and the whole point of this all this shit is that it's not even your dumbass well-being that's at risk here or that we're talking about it's about the well-being of those around you and mm-hmm. the proliferation of risk uh on, at an exponential rate you know and like if i were to uh I don't know, my own philosophies on life about, like, wipe your own ass and kind of, like, the baseline, like, don't be a problem for those around you. <laughs> like, like the idea <laughs> of of circumventing those beliefs to achieve this incredibly dumb goal of mine is, like, I don't know. And, and like, honestly, the biggest part about it all is how much I've thought about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that we're having this discussion about it at all. Is like, fucking, maybe, is there a yeah, chance? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, like, it's fucking insane. It's fucking insane. I can't even, I, I just, it's, I'm so, like, cynical and nihilistic and all my beliefs uh, about just the existence in the world and the way things are now, like it puts all that, it totally, it puts it all in the shitter. Like you can like, it's like, <laughs> right? it's like a real thing that like really is risky. And like, I just feel like all that has been prior to this had kind of been removed from our lives. Like there's just right? no risk of anything really. And yeah, it's fucking wild, dude. I, it's like, I can't even come to grips with, the, it's just, it's so hard to wrap your mind around, you know? Dude, absolutely. I take walks around the block like once a day because I got to get out because I literally just sit at this desk and just work and try to learn this job, you know, which I'm grateful to have this job, but I got to get out just to walk around. And every time I walk around, I'm just like, it all becomes real again. Like, oh, fuck. I see people with signs on their doors and I'm just like, man, what the hell? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just the other side, obviously. The risk of, of uh, or, or and the avoidance of not making this an entire podcast about the fucking pandemic. People are hearing enough about that shit, but uh, it, it is absolutely fucking insane. I just can't fucking believe how the widespread impact it's having. So, uh, to something much more um, meaningless, let's talk about Monster Party Japanese prototype on the Nintendo Entertainment System. was the monster party prologue music i kind of dig it what do you think josh uh yeah dude the music i told you when we were doing like the music selections you made or i don't feel like i ever actually encountered in the game because one of the things i will say here is that i thought the music was shit <laughs> <laughs> right it didn't seem it. memorable while playing yeah <laughs> yeah maybe yeah, yeah we'll get into it i guess but let's start with talking about the overview and it should probably be stated uh an obvious thing here uh but just to be thorough these overview topics are those of the commercial release not the prototype version specifically. But the synopsis of the game is walking home from a baseball game one evening, Mark gazed up at the misty sky. Suddenly, a blazing star plummeted to Earth with a blinding light. When Mark regained his sight, a mysterious creature was standing before him. The creature told an eerie tale about his home planet, the Dark World, where evil monsters were terrorizing the helpless population. He was searching the galaxy for a warrior capable of freeing them from their terrible plight. The creature explained that Mark's bat was the perfect weapon for defeating these evil monsters. Mark considered the creature's proposal for a minute, then agreed to undertake the dangerous mission. After all, he thought, it sure beats going to school. So, we get a little anti-schooling PSA from Bandai to wind that up. (laughs) Which is is real nice. (laughs) Uh, And then, tell me what kind of format this is, Jay. This is your standard side-scrolling platformer, typical of the time standard is yes a very good way to put it everything <laughs> everything about this game is standard <laughs> yeah 
And it was released in the U.S. in June of 89. It never made it out of the motherland of the, uh, never made it out to, rather, the motherland um, of, of the Rising Sun. It, it, it had no Japanese release, basically. No Japanese release. I mean, it's funny because this is yeah. a Japanese prototype, like I said, that we're playing. Right. <laughs> so, like, they had a full game that was fun, but it did not make it out. Or they thought was fun anyways, I guess I should say. I should clarify. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. It, interestingly enough, as we alluded to in the last podcast, why we chose this, you know, this was not the version that was released in the public in 89. So we right. got to play the artist original version. It, yeah, we, we, we got you to know? play the director's cut. And it's, yeah. I still think we're going to be uh, just bashing this game for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, whatever. So, okay, the the cover art, uh, it's cool. It's a bunch of monsters, uh, Medusa, Dracula, the creature from the Black Lagoon. It's like a, a bunch of, you know, pop, well-known in the public eye monster <laughs> monster types. And there, there's kind of like a, a mature art style to it. It's not cartoony, as you might expect on an NES title, which is, yeah. I like. Oh, uh, it's not bad. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's fun. And they, they actually... Uh, <laughs> they steer away from the trademark infringing artwork on the cover with a ghost list on the back that uh, uh, they list off. These are the monsters they list off. Giant spider, giant dragon, pumpkin ghost, hand creature, man-eating plant, snake man, chameleon man, question mark, dot, 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 dot. So none, wow. of, those, <laughs> none of those are the things that they all are actually called in the you know, common vernacular. So that's interesting that they chose to have Straight this gener- generic <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah they tried to give you the fucking the fruity o's version of <laughs> of what the actual no one likes is. the fruity o's and, yeah no one wants the fruity o's. don't give don't bullshit me around here nintendo i know what you're trying to sell me you're selling me fruit, you're selling me fruit loops motherfucker call them fruit loops <laughs> skip the dumb shit uh so the manual, the manual has a color cover with the title treatment overlaid on a spider web that stretches across both the front and back covers, which is it's kind of kind of fun and cool. There's a succinct 14 pages, including the covers. the The rest of the book, outside of those covers, though, is a monochrome blue white scheme with it does have actual screenshots and depressingly no art whatsoever. Again, they probably were like, eh, we can't, we shouldn't, you know, because <laughs> again, because <laughs> the copyright infringement thing, they're probably like, we should mitigate. Uh, the trademark uh, infringement worthy content that we include with the marketing for this game. But uh, there are two pages explaining the minute control differences between what they call mark mode and monster mode. So that kind of sets you up for the way the game works format wise. I mean, you mentioned it's mm-hmm. you know, a side scrolling platformer, but there are, you do turn into a monster in the game, uh, which is actually supposed to be the character and that, that little synopsis I rattled off there. The thing that comes to you, you guys kind of like mer like uh, in the expounding of the storyline, uh, they they kind of like mer- you merge into one being of sorts and the monster that came and recruited you kind of comes out at some time sometimes and allows you to play with a different kind of control set and, and, and mechanic, you know, which is cool and fun. And that's actually a part of the game that I, I would commend. But the back half of the manual is a stage by stage explanation of what monsters you'll encounter as bosses in each of the stages. So again, they talk about like, you know, the, the format of this game is going to be you are just just kind of in gauntlet fashion coming into contact with these monsters that they may they might call things you don't know but we do know them as things <laughs> so <laughs> uh that's a nice setup and i i think it like and that's part of what i think is excited about us about this game and got us wanting to play it was there was this kind of pop culture overlap 
that uh, would be really fun in in the form of a, of a Nintendo game. So, the, the manual does do a decent job of setting all that up, I think. Nice. Okay. Respect to the manual. And uh, was there's got to be some history with this game to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, as many people know, I mean, Nintendo's target audience has always been kids. So they had the contractual right, as we've talked about before, to edit games just to make them fit criteria. You know, that's usually stuff in the background, you know, things that religious symbols, whatever things they need to do to make it more kid friendly. But with this game, I mean, whole bosses and things are different. So it really, <laughs> it really seems like Nintendo just went heavy handed on it. But, you know, like we said, it was released in 1989. No one really knew what was going on. But on May 26, 2001, a Yahoo Japan auction listed a Famicom prototype game called Parody World Monster Party, and it sold for the equivalent of $6,000. And it turned out it was legit. You know, there are previews of this version of the game in like a Japanese gaming magazine back in the day, but the game was never released. So, you know, curious about it a group of people formed the Monster Party Beta Restoration Project to restore it to this version. So big shout out to them, I guess, for giving this to us to try it out. It's, it's, it's crazy what... I don't know, it's, it's, it's actually kind of beautiful, man. Like that, <laughs> that this stuff conjures so much enthusiasm. That right? you, can get, you can get those levels of free labor. Like the... Yeah, I think we were talking about it... Uh, I think it was... I think we were, I think it was the last episode we were talking about Fallout maybe and you know there, there's uh, that someone took the time to design you know they were they uh, it was like a just a myth I think that 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 the the last Fallout 4 had originally been planned as a Manhattan based game and mm. you know the fact that someone took that even just um, rumor into developing an actual mod of, of, of the game that is trying to replicate Manhattan. And like, it's just gotta be so much work to do that. And yeah. you, you can't, there's no way to really monetize it, uh, at least not legitimately. And yep. you know, the, the idea of investing that much work just because you love something that much and want to be able to play that is crazy. You know, it's just yep. fucking wild. And uh, really cool at the same time. Yeah, much exactly. Respect. <laughs> yeah, my, exactly. Fucking, yeah, no, no yeoman's work. <laughs> uh, cool, man. So, yeah, fucking, as far as the economic analysis goes, uh, there ain't no fucking analysis worthy economic systems in this game. <laughs> uh, right. So, yeah, we skipped over that. Uh, there's not, there's no, there's no, <laughs> nor is there a whole any lot. Other, <laughs> right, yeah, there, nor is there any other system of substance really for that matter. <laughs> Rocker Boss theme, bringing us into the playthrough of Monster Party Japanese Prototype on the NES. And as is always, first up, we get a title screen here. And the title treatment is in, it's, a, it's in the bloody jaws of some creature's mouth on the top <laughs> of the screen. And there is a parade of monsters that walks right to left behind your start game password option set right below it. Oh my gosh, yeah. Which is, yeah, I mean, literally just blood dripping on the title screen, which you just not you're not going to get that <laughs> in a in a Nintendo of America licensed release. You're just not getting it. So uh, that you know they right up front they just you, you can tell playing this prototype that you're in for a different experience than you're normally going to get in a, in a Nintendo game, which was exciting when I first fired it up. Yeah, uh, the sure. music here 
this is the first instance of what we've already talked about. Uh, the music feels super stock on the title screen. Like, there's nothing good about it, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was kind of a bummer. But, um, yeah. But that's, they did the onion rings and uh, was that a shrimp that just bounced by? Uh, that is one. Of, yeah. There's <laughs> the boss, some of the bosses. And we'll get to them, of course. But the bosses are crazy in some cases. Uh, the need, yeah, that, you know, you're getting three... I think there might be somewhere it's only two, but you're getting quite a few bosses per level, and I guess they just ran out of shit because there's some of them that are just like, what the fuck do you mean this is a boss? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so you hit start, you know, and you get, uh, they do a, a what's honestly a pretty cool cutscene sequence, I think, to start the thing off uh, as a prologue, and you get, it's a little more expounded upon than what's in the synopsis that I read earlier, but it's roundabouts the same idea. It it kind of sounds like a honestly a bad after school special about child child abduction. Very bad. <laughs> so yeah. sketchy. Yeah, like, some like this dude, is a trap. Right. Yeah, some dude in a ridiculous costume gives <laughs> kid a ridiculous a bunch of ridiculous reasons why he should come away with him, and then when the kid isn't into it, he just grabs his hand and runs off. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's like a fucking pro forma 1980s uh fucking saturday morning after school special kind of deal you know so right monsters invaded my dimension here bring your bat yeah that's a great let's go <laughs> yeah, like what <laughs> with you. come with me child yeah so yeah and you get that actually played out in cartoon slideshow format which is nice <laughs> <laughs> more, more stuff you i don't know i, I should like there are there are plenty, I guess, of uh, games that made it out in the U.S. as licensed releases that have, you know, things that are not terribly far off from that idea. But um, it may be, it, it is funny. If nothing else, it's funny. Whether or not it's actually worth uh, <laughs> is, is debatable, I suppose. But anyhow, round one begins, and this first level is a forest overworld kind of environment. Uh, there are. These kind of weird steps and blocks everywhere. They, I mean, it doesn't like that's. It, there's a, like a strange incongruence I feel with kind of the foreground art and the background art. Right. You know what I mean? Like those blocks and stuff. The, the your platforms, I guess, is the best way to describe them. Uh, are not. They don't look like they belong to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, can I jump on those? Wait, no, I can't jump on those. But they don't look like <laughs> they're part of the right artwork. Like, what is right. happening here? And I guess, you know, talking about the physics of your, your your sprite, Mark's jump is pretty floaty. You know, did he's you... Got some, he's got some jump, though. I kind of like it. Uh, he's... Yeah, no, he can definitely get up, but he... It's like, I don't know, it kind of has... It, it's, de it's floaty. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, it kind of... It... it you... It... it, it, I, it I don't know. It, it, you get used to the, any physics as you go, but like initially, I was definitely like a little bit taken aback with how long my guy stayed up in the air and like <laughs> out what you're trying to accomplish platforming wise, you know. Uh, and you could also there's uh, when when you hit down, he lies flat on his stomach, and you can what I would best describe as kind of worm your way. Yeah, weird <laughs> inchwormies. I was like, what is this? Like he gets way low. Yeah, I, I, I do not believe I've ever seen a sprite move like that. You know, <laughs> so that was that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, the bat has a seemingly very limited range, and that is often frustrating in this game. I think so frustrating. It's like sometimes if you're not the creature, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this thing? Like, right? Yeah, and, and that's something I'll get to too. Like, I did not, you know, I read that in the instruction booklet, but I did not 
know how to employ that or when it would be employed or how to make it to catalyze it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. so I spent a lot of my first level experience was what the fuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, I literally, the, 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 it was annoyingly difficult to me to kill the very first grunt I encountered. Oh yeah. Like yeah. the first guy in the black suit, like walking yep. back and forth, like throwing it. So annoying. Yep. I was immediately oh. put on notice that I might hate this game. Like, as oh yeah. I, yeah, uh, the second you get into that, so dude, we we I started playing this, and then after that, I put it down and didn't come back to it for two days. I was just <laughs> like, I'm no, forget this game. Yeah, like, I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was still, I did all my play, and I was still in New Mexico, so uh, you know, yeah, I was, I don't even know, how to, I, I was, that was a crazy experience. It was happening during, yeah, no game. choice. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was like I was, I got like I had this. I think I told you I had this experience where like I was, we were on set. And this shit had started hit, hitting the fan already, so everyone's kind of on notice about the slight. Like it's just not a good look to have any sort of sickness, sickly mm -hmm. look to you. You're just it's not a good look. <laughs> so like I was, there was a day I, you know, I, and I was not, I did not have a cough. I was not, uh, you know, I did not have a fever. Like none of the things that are like really big red flags uh, were going on. But I, you know, I didn't feel great, and I had I, the entire time I was there, I had. Total, I'm um, totally immersed in congestion. The climate and the fucking, I don't know, the dry mountain air, like the heightened elevation plus the really dry thing going on just wreaked havoc mm. on my system. So I was like, I felt sick the entire time I was there. I was just, mucus was pouring out of my head 24 hours a day. Oh. So allergies were going on and shit. So like, I don't know. I, I basically uh, looked like a risk to uh, the guy, my, the line producer that I work with. And he was like, you should go home. And like, it turned into this whole, like the whole afternoon became this whole thing where the fucking producer is like freaking out and like thinking he might have to send me home. He wants me, oh, I'm, I'm staying in this house with I know, probably seven or eight of this huge house that we rented, this Airbnb mm -hmm. with like seven or eight other crew members. So like, if I am sick, like I am putting these people at risk by being there. So he wants me to go to the fucking Ramada Inn, which makes me want to jump off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, I do not want to fucking stay in Ramada. I want, I need to be able to cook and eat. And I just hate hotels in general, especially uh... shitty ones. So he's like, it's this whole, like we're making these phone calls back and forth while I'm sitting at home. And he's like, eventually he's just like, I'm coming over and we're just going to figure it out. I'm just going to look at you and figure it out. So he like shows up, he walks in and he's like, we talked for like four minutes. He's like, you're fine. <laughs> and, like, and, and went home and and that was the end of the the like calamity but for like two or three hours like i thought i was gonna not be able to do the acting role that i was fucking had uh already been Man. shot for and like <laughs> you know it was just a whole fucking shit show so anyways i was uh after that he was like why don't you just work from home for the next couple of days until you have to be on camera again and you can do your production management accounting shit from home. So I stayed at home and that meant I had a lot of fuck around time. So I spent this, I played, I did my playthrough in that like sick at home, high risk phase. And so I was nice. kind of sitting in my bed and like in between random tasks here and there, I was playing this game fucking nonstop. So I didn't, I, because I had that downtime, I was like, I need to get it done. And I didn't, you know, <laughs> I couldn't, I didn't have the, I guess what I'm getting, no, that's a long winded way of saying, it. I did not have the luxury of being like, I'm just going to walk away from this and not fucking do it. <laughs> You're <laughs> held hostage. You're like, well, <laughs> yeah. this or I sit here. <clears throat> right. So that's how I experienced it. And like, so you get past that first dude, you actually, there's two of those grunts actually <clears throat> that start you off that are rather difficult for the first grunts you're going to experience in a game. Like you kind of, usually you expect 
with Nintendo games for there to be this kind of acclimation phase and like it teaches you the mechanics thing and kind of baby hands you a little bit while you figure that out to start a game. This does not have that at all. It just no. drops in and you got to be able to, I think, I think those guys are one of the harder enemies in the entire game that you face. Uh, right. You know, so those and the little scorpions from like round four, I hate them both. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, the, the thing about this, that frustrated me is like, I got in there and like I was dying. I went in one of those doorways and I was dying to some one of the bosses at first. I don't remember which one it was. And so I skipped down. And I was like, well, maybe I can get that creature power and come back. So I went in all these other doorways, got and lost the creature power and realized, OK, I can't do anything. So now I got to go all the way back and like beat that ball, figure out a way to beat that boss before I can go forward. It was so frustrating. Yeah, I, I also spent the, yeah, the first the first stage was very much, you know figuring out i guess the format of this game and and yeah. it fortuitously it, it adheres to that throughout so you know i guess yeah. that is somewhat of a representation of what i just described where it's teaching you how the game is going to go so it does that eventually here in this first stage but it's it's not glaring uh glaringly apparent at first you know yeah so yeah you do pass just as far as getting the actual layout of this thing you pass those first two grunts and you encounter your first door inside that door is a Venus flytrap-esque plant that I, everything I read and just my, without having seen the film, Little Shop of Horrors, it is, I think, intended. You never saw it? Oh. I, yeah, I have not this seen it. This was totally Little Shop of Horrors. Like, the, thinking about the fact that you said they named all those monsters generically on the back tells me they must have been super concerned about, like, copyright infringement <laughs> to, take, <laughs> yeah. to take the freaking Venus flytrap out of there because that's definitely what it was, you know? Right. Like right. he sung throughout the movie, like yep. it's definitely that. Yep, and that's and that's what it is. It actually the the uh, yeah, I mean uh, the big reason I haven't seen it is because I'm not the biggest musical fan. So this, <laughs> appreciation of this is a bit lost on me. But uh, the way it the mechanic it, it gives you is you know, it's stationary and it fires out these musical notes. So yes, it's got a microphone in front of it and it's, it's theoretically singing, and uh, you fire it fires these notes at you, and there's a stereo behind it. And like, I it didn't take me too long to realize I had to bounce these things back at it by whacking them with the sword, but it wasn't immediately apparent. And I and, and you know the the way that mechanic works is a little. It's not necessarily. I wouldn't call it dependable. Like the way. Not at all. Yeah, the <laughs> way you hit the. It, it is not a direct. Like the trajectory is the, the trajectory. It's going to come off your sword. I guess is the best. Is not at all dependable. So like mm-hmm. you. It seems random to me. Yeah, exactly. Like I can stand in the same spot, and sometimes exactly. it and yeah. sometimes you it doesn't. You can stand in the same fucking spot, and you, it, how it's going to come off of your sword is not at all predictable, and that is frustrating. <laughs> to put it <laughs> yeah, my, my first inclination with this was to jump. You can jump up on the stereo behind it. So my first inclination was to jump up on the stereo, and you're right there, and you should be able to just whack him right back at him, you know? Uh, and that is not – it doesn't work that way at all <laughs> so uh it, it took me i think uh, it, four go rounds it took me of dying and that's you know this game is not necessarily forgiving on the dying thing you die and you go back to the very beginning so yep. that start over yep is taught to you very early if uh you don't know what you're doing and i certainly didn't so i i that was frustrating but four four tries in luckily it's right at the beginning of the stage <laughs> so <laughs> dying and having to restart is not uh terrible here in this case but if you got like so the microphone is pointed at kind of this 45 degree angle right in front of 
of the flytrap. And I found just by total chance and trial and error that if you got in line with the that the the ass and the, the where the ass end of the microphone was pointing, if you got in mm-hmm. that line, it puts you in this perfect and surprisingly dependable trajectory. At least most of the time, I shouldn't say that. It wasn't every time still, but you could whack the things back and maybe two-thirds to three-quarters of the time they would fly up at that exact angle of the microphone and hit the thing. And, you know, that that's how I got through it. Nice. But it wasn't, yeah, it, I don't know. Took longer than a first boss often takes, I guess. You know, there's no right or wrong. <laughs> but it, it definitely was harder than, than most first bosses for sure. Yeah, pretty I sure I came back in there with the creature to beat that thing. Did you? Just pelted him up, yeah. That would have been, yeah, that would have been. A, extra. That's always the answer, pretty much, for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, let me find the damn pill. Yes, yeah, but I, do, I did not, I don't, I, I, th- it, I think it was the, it might have been the, was it the second boss? Because, yeah, you come out of there, like, first of all, they always give you a drop, the bosses. So I you mm-hmm. know, beat that thing, and it dropped a question mark that it, it seemed like nothing but points, you know, so. Yeah. Deal. Uh, that was kind of disappointing that it wasn't something it starts you out, even you know your life starts i guess that's worth mentioning too your life bar starts and it's fucking i don't know a, a sixth or a seventh of the full bar so it's even, tiny i yeah, never had a full bar or no, even half a bar right yeah i didn't either until well i'll get there. i'll get there i did eventually have a full bar but it was not on my own doing for any, by any <laughs> uh by any length oh so <laughs> Yeah, so the you come out of there. There's another that you, you work your way through the uh, the outer world, I guess, and you get to a second room. That room's completely empty. There's a short platforming sequence to a third door, inside of which you find what looks like. And this was pretty. Fun. This is uh, this was an instance where I was like, okay, uh, it it softened what I was feeling, which were not good things. Uh, <laughs> A little bit of my animosity and upset with what I had gotten us into by by us picking this game uh, <laughs> was alleviated a little bit with this third room where there's a boss or it's, you know it has all the looks of a boss battle. You walk in this room and it it's what looks to be a dead spider. I guess it, there's no way to really know, but I think it's a dead spider and there's just a fly buzzing around above it and a dialogue box pops up above the spider that says, "Sorry, I'm dead." Like, that's it, and that's right? like. A, that's like a boss battle and that is just so fun and so i don't know like i don't know i can't believe no other games ever thought to do that it's just a joke it's it's hilarious i was (laughs) very confused i was like what like okay that's weird i don't know man (laughs) i was very confused and then yeah and then the each time you walk in these rooms you you are trapped you can't if there is a boss you cannot leave on your own accord unless it dies unless you kill it Mm -hmm. so this in line with thinking of this as a boss and not just something you bump into, you go into this room and like the door is closed. You have that little exchange. If you call that an exchange with the dead spider and then the door blows up as if you beat the thing, you know, and then you can exit and that's the, like there's no other, nothing else happens. There's no other reason for there other than to, to amuse the player, you know? So that's pretty cool. And a nice touch. I think that this game tries to do, throughout and that is one of its few saving graces is that it doesn't take itself too seriously and it tries to have fun uh despite a story world that maybe would be suggestive of not being fun you know what i mean like see the- I, I think for that reason i i feel like it was definitely a disservice done nintendo did it to themselves by calling it just monster party like i think calling it parody world monster party and having the whole backstory behind it makes it 
more understandable rather than just random to me. You know what I mean? Sure. I and, and and that's I, I I get what you're putting down there, and I think a, a lot of that probably. You know they were pro in, in Nintendo's weird fucking way. They're probably walking the line of their the known trademark infringement that's rampant in this game. So they're like, they're, you know, they're probably mm. trying to like they saw it as a game that could make money and a way for them to make money. So they didn't want to nix it entirely, but they're just trying to get it out and make that money with as <laughs> as minimal of a footprint as possible. You know what I mean? Like trying to raise yeah. the least amount of awareness as they could and like how and I think that lends itself to, to our feeling about it being this having this stock feel to it in, in, in many ways uh, yeah. just trying to make it a non-event but the product is there you know and just get it out <laughs> and make the money you know what I mean yeah limited thinking back in the day right 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 or just <laughs> litigation fears right <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah I'm sure that uh, Nintendo has has their Plenty of stories around this time of, of major, you know, the Atari thing with Tengen and all that. So, yeah, oh, they are not strangers to litigation at this time. So, yeah, I, I just learned all about that literally yesterday. So interesting. Anyway. Oh, does Microsoft like is, is that like a case study that Microsoft fucking threw? <laughs> no, I actually was just looking it up on my own. Just, oh. you know, I've really gotten into just the additional history of stuff that I didn't know was out there. And so, yeah, I learned about that whole Tengen stuff. And I was like, it's so interesting. Like, yeah. I. Because I noticed those things like kid as a kid, and I'm like, what happened there? Yeah, and so, so, so yeah, attention, just be like, fuck you, fine. <laughs> yeah, smart though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So you come out of there, you pass uh, a come out of the dead spider room, and you pass a big green tree looking thing, and this is where the game gets fucking weird. <laughs> it like oh, everything right? freezes, right? Everything freezes. There's an explosion or something. I don't know. Like, it doesn't. It's hard to really ascertain exactly what's going on there with the animation but uh, some sort of something happens and everything gets darker and bloodier on the screen so it's about to get real right yeah the cartoon <laughs> platform blocks that were so weird before become bloody skulls these the, the the background gets has artwork coming to it that, that look like bloody totems you know like bloody totem poles and shit it's really eerie now. Yeah, skulls on spikes and stuff. It's yeah, it's it's a very intense change. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like looking over my shoulder, like, are the kids watching me play? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's not for the. It's a whole different ball game from your your customary Nintendo game for sure when that happens. And so, progress past that. By the way, I still have not turned into a monster yet, so I have no idea what that's about. Or oh like, man, and that's okay. going to happen, or if it's going to happen. So I, I passed that. You get to a fourth door, and there's a boss battle in there with, pump, with pumpkin head, is what it's called in the instruction booklet. And that tries to, you know, <laughs> you get one of your little like tongue in cheek. Every, every boss, when you walk in the room, uh, in kind of Mega Man fashion, <laughs> has like a t has a taunt, you know, that they start <laughs> off with. Uh, that's usually some sort of tongue in cheek kind of joke deal. And the pumpkin head here says, "Please don't pick on me." Uh, wah, wah. So there's a broken up statue of Liberty floating in the back and in some black water in the background, whatever the fuck that's supposed to be about. <laughs> like, I, I just can't even, like, the most. Like, why? Yeah, the most creative effort I can give it. Like, I just, I can come up with no logical connection between Pumpkinhead and what, you know, the, the best thing I would, like, I, I try to connect that with is the scene. From Planet of the Apes, where oh yeah yeah you know, okay, the Statue of Liberty is buried in in the sand. Apocalyptic, you know? yeah. But, but that how the fuck does that correlate at all? Even even if it's just like 
this whole game is about random pop culture references and stuff like how do you how do you end up putting those two together i don't know but yeah we left our world to go into this monster's world so how right. what's going on yeah, like if you if we if you fought if you were fighting an ape man or something or, or like a king kong knockoff or something here i'd be like okay, okay. i got i got i see the connection but uh yep. in this case it just seems like two randomly jammed together things with no narrative significance to it and i do not applaud that from a storyteller's standpoint. <laughs> like give me confusing have some motivation in your decision, in your creative decisions. But anyhow, that uh, so that's what's going on there. And there, uh, this is also where I decided the music in this game is absolutely terrible. The boss music here is terrible. <laughs> and I learned for sure. Uh, I also learned for sure here that you go all the way back. This is yeah. This is when I actually first died and had and ran out of uh, uh, lives. So I think actually, yeah, I might have been errant there because I I wouldn't have wrote this otherwise. The I think maybe when you die against a boss, you do restart in the room. So I was I was errant in saying that. But if you run out of out of lives and have to continue, there are unlimited continues. But then you go back to the beginning of the stage. So fucking stack oh, okay. correction there. Uh, and yeah, given the difficulty of this game, that really sucks. I think in general. But um, what are you gonna do? <laughs> so upon returning, right. I, I quickly uh uh. I did take a break here too. I wrote down that I took a break because that pissed me off enough dying. I died a bunch of times against this fucking pumpkin head dude. Uh, and I came back and played the game and, and it, it I, I had, I was like, I, I was so frustrated and so annoyed that I, and I never do this, especially on the first stage. Like, there's not another game we played here for this pod where I did, where I did this so early on. I can't be <laughs> so fed up that I just sat and watched the playthrough. I was like, I, I, there's no fucking way I'm going to beat this thing. I have no idea how to deal with this. Situation. Wow. Watching the playthrough, so I watched the playthrough on the first level, and like I am Captain Purist Stickler, and and that never happens. And that, that is shocking. Yeah, that, that is where, shocking this, where this game put me. Uh, <laughs> so in watching that playthrough, that's where I learned. Like, okay, now I got to turn into that flying fucker. That's how I beat this pumpkin head guy. That's the only way to do it, dude. Like, you cannot. There's no way to repel mm-hmm. those things that he fires at you enough times to kill him. It takes. I don't know, what would you say? I mean, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. Too many. Yeah. Too many, um, and it's not fun. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's not fucking fun. So yeah, so I saw that in the play in the in the playthrough video, and I was like, oh, okay. And the, and the way you generate that pill that turns you into the monster is completely random. Like I saw no benefit to engaging these monsters when yeah. when, not, when not necessary. So there was no I you know I mean I guess if you I don't know are more fucking combative than maybe I am inherently. <laughs> You maybe you bumble into that and like that's how you learn it. But I didn't. I, I, I like I said I played this game all the way to the end of, the le- end of this level and did not had not encountered that. So I had no idea that was a, a mechanic that I needed to to make happen to to, to beat this thing. And uh, watching the video, I'm like, okay, so I got to And like uh, you know, it's literally there's like a certain at least as I saw it. Maybe and correct me if I'm wrong, but the it seemed to me like there was a specific monster that dropped this fucking thing in the first it- level. I thought so. I don't remember which one on the first one. I remember like the freaking, what is it, third or fourth level, whichever one has those damn scorpions, those always drop the pills. But like it seemed like it was kind of random otherwise. Because like on the second one, I think crocodiles dropped them. But on this one, I had no idea. I was just trying to fight everything except those weird dog creatures to try to find them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that was the annoying thing because it's like I might die fighting these hard little things just to try and this, try to find the stupid pill, but yep. you got to find it. Yep. You know? Or yeah, there's no chance for it. Yeah. So 
I did that and then went and killed the fucking thing and got turned into the guy and then just fucking waxed. <laughs> head. Uh, so much easier if you can just fly through the air and shoot him from afar. Like that's obviously much easier. So uh yeah, that's like that's why did this creature even need us if he could fly and like kill these kill these pieces? You know what I mean? Right. Like why did I have to come here with my bat? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This guy is clearly more <laughs> proficient at this at this fucking activity. Why am I what is my purpose? Told you it was a trap. Yeah. <laughs> so when you yeah, when you so you do get the pill and and it when that happens, uh it triggers this animation and music cue combo. It's like clearly trying to convey an epic transformation, but I think it falls well short of that. <laughs> and yeah. and what and what I began to observe this as is actually just an annoying delay before you can play again. <laughs> you know, because this is such a uh, it's not it's not even it's not a you know it doesn't it's not a first of all it's, it's a it's a finite period of time that you become this thing so it's not like you turn into the monster and then you're that way for the remainder of the stage you turn into him and it's i what would you say 30 seconds or something like that if you're lucky and maybe yeah. yeah and then you turn back into mark and go about your business so you you know and, and the natural course of many a stage you're going to have to endure this animation sequence multiple times and it takes way too fucking long to play out i think and not, <laughs> not at all interesting or fun enough of a thing to have to deal with that a bunch of times so that was kind of a shit decision i thought on their on their behalf and um yeah i thought they kind of tried to jazz it up but yeah it took a while especially if it happened while you were jumping in the air and it's kind of like okay now you're just gonna whiz me back and forth for a while genie style and i gotta figure out how to land yeah that was kind of right, right. <laughs> less than ideal i would say yep uh yeah so yeah i was like I, you know and I, after that spending way too much time on this first stage and having you know, like the walk away and come back thing like i watched that video i'm like okay so that's i turn into and like you know I'm watching. It's not like I I saw that happen in the video, and that's like a, a eureka moment. So I'm like, oh, fuck, mm -hmm. turn the video off and let's go. Okay, that's that's the answer. That's the key. I did not watch it long enough to see him turn back into Mark. So, <laughs> so like I started playing the game, and I'm like, all right, fuck, you know what? I'll go around, find the pill, get the pill. Let's go. You kill this pumpkinhead fucker and get on with this, my fucking life here. And that you know that is I. So I learn thirty seconds later. Before I even get to, <laughs> before I even get back to Pumpkinhead, that I'm turning back into Mark. So I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> so like, you know, like I gotta go back, find another pill, and then actually engage the thing. So yeah, it was it was mm -hmm. a, a very very difficult first level for me, uh, as far as the experience goes. Um, Same. Yeah. So you do beat that fucker, however you manage it, and uh, hopefully, anyways, and then you get a key, and that is how you were taught what is the actual mechanic of every one of these levels you yep. go through the you find these rooms you fight these bosses one of these bosses gives you the key the end of the level has a door the key works for that door that's how you leave the level and move on with your life so uh yep. it, is, it is a very it does not change basically <laughs> it is the same thing every time and uh, it does at least. So you beat that. You beat the level, and then you go through the exit door, and you get a pretty cute little music ditty. They at least do give you a password at the end of the level, and it's not expected that you beat the shit show straight through. So that's <laughs> right. Yeah, and the path password screen is basically all blood and bones. So very un, un Nintendo y of them here. Uh, it looks. You know, it's yeah, literally like the, the 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 border is this red border, and there's blood dripping from the ceiling, and 
what looks like human bone frag uh, skeleton fragments all over the place, which is a very intense thing for an NES game. Oh, yeah. And they also give you a little life bump back up to around 25% of your total health bar. So wherever you're That at, was nice. Yeah. That was very needed every single time. Well, I, yeah, I don't know if I call it nice. I think it's like the baseline fucking reasonable thing to do. <laughs> human thing to do. Right. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're rarely beating one of these levels with any sort of like accumulated abundance of life bar, you know? So. Oh, yeah. That, it's yeah, you are. You are. My well, teeth. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know if I'd call it nice. You are at least you are very thankful for it, no question. And as I finished this level, I thought to myself, I am absolutely certain I've already seen all this game has to offer. <laughs> <laughs> Correct, Josh, for five hundred. Right. Yeah. Hashtag foreshadowing. So, moving on to round two, uh, that door that you go through at the end of round one apparently leads you into a sewer, and that is now where Mark is hanging out and. New physics stuff in this level, you can't jump anymore because, like, you're it's there's kind of this three level, this three tier deal going on with with your your static game screen or your scrolling game screen. Uh, the sewers, so, Josh, you can't jump in the sewers. Bump yeah. your head on the pipes. Well, yeah. Totally, but. totally, and that's exactly what happens to Mark. He bumps his head on the pipes, so you can only do these half jumps, which means you can't really jump over things, which is your primary mode of survival <laughs> in the first level. So that is a very limiting thing to introduce to to your movement set, and what have you though? That's the reality of it. So that's what you're dealing with here. And when you, there's it, actually when you you do as you described it, smash your head on the pipes very visibly. That's what's going on, and <laughs> they they play this this very specific music effect every single time, or, or sound effect rather every time. Uh, that's pretty that, cool, I think. Actually, I was like, I'm, I'm like, he's actually bumping his head. That's kind of <laughs> cool. it's not like Mario where he just bumps, keeps going. He hits it and like ducks. It's like physically <laughs> knocks it down. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, well, I agree. It is interesting and a nice you know, uh, effort towards realism, I suppose. But the sound effect is neither appropriate for the event nor <laughs> or pleasant to listen to. So it happening repetitively, in addition to limiting your movement frustratingly throughout this level, is a less than enjoyable thing, I think, overall. I think uh, the fish guys are, are the least enjoyable thing myself. But it's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's a handful of... Oh, uh, before we get to enemies, though, there's one more physics introduction here. There's a, a ladder. There's a bunch of ladders that get you between the three levels. And the scaling of those ladders also feels, kind of like I said about the jump, uh, weird and floaty. It's like it's not... Yeah, they're like w extra wide, so it's like you can scale back and forth on them kind of thing. That also, but even just, I think even if you're just scaling straight up, like it has a weird speed and not, I don't know, like whatever the accumulated you know i'm fucking 38 years old i've been playing in these games most of my life like whatever expectation i have developed over the years of the how long how much of an impediment crawling a ladder is to the speed of movement and just the way it feels this does not at all meet those standards slash expectations <laughs> it's, it's like faster and floatier than it feels like it should be oh, yeah. uh it can be, I think, at first it was a little detrimental to me, I thought, in, in, in getting through this level. But, yes, like you said, there's a bunch of new enemies. There's the grunts now are, yes, these fish head things <clears throat> that are on two legs. Uh, they I, they are less annoying, considering they are the grunt equivalent uh, to those those 
uh, emo dudes in the first one. Right. The first. At least level. they don't throw things though. That's the yeah. thing that I'm right. very happy about. Exactly. They're less Game annoying, changer. I think, and less jumpy than than the ones that fire the knives. Yeah. So. Uh, I actually appreciated the development here with the grunt character. <laughs> the purple alligators are another another thing, and they uh, they're kind of they're too squatty to either. You can't hit them with your your. I don't think you can hit them with your. Uh, uh, what's it called? The the when you're when you're the monster guy, your I think your projectiles fly over them. They're so squatty. Yeah, you got to squat down. You got to squat down and shoot them. Right, uh, and if and if. You're the not the monster. The only way to really combat them is to they fire their ba- this is kind of funny and intense. Uh, <laughs> they fire babies at you out of their mouths, and you got to smash the baby back at them. Uh, right? I was it, like, what? The, I was like, did he just throw? Like at first, <laughs> I thought he was like spitting at me. I was like, wait, no, that thing is moving. That's definitely throwing <laughs> baby crocodiles or whatever <laughs> at me. Like what? Yeah. Uh, but a, a, a nice side of that is it's a one hit kill if you can if you whack them and they're it's not you know once you yeah. learn that mechanic it's not hard at all to whack them back at them so uh, those aren't terribly difficult to, to to get past once you once you figure that mechanic out and there's these they're very Geiger esque alien eggs um, mm-hmm. HR Geigery and they fire these bubbles at you that take they fire bubbles at you that you have to avoid jump over or die. I think you can duck beneath them as well. And they, but they take an obscene number of sword wax to kill. Yeah. Uh, it's like whack, 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 duck, whack, 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 whack. Exactly. <laughs> three, three, three rounds of that. And then it's right. And, and, and they often like the, the, the trick with these are not the trick, but the, the, the way these are implemented most effectively by the dungeon master <laughs> of, of this <laughs> game is they're usually placed in tandem with an enemy that you got to deal with too, you know? So like you're, you can't just do the duck thing with no risk. You have to pop up and deal with something else at the same time. And that's how those become a little bit of a uh, pain in the ass. So anyways, into the layout of the game or the level, rather your first door is a boss battle with Medusa. Uh, I'm guessing is the name of it because that's exactly what it looks like. And her taunt line is let's mix it up which is not as good as don't pick on me. But uh, I'm guessing those are snakes that she fires out at you, and that would logically be the case, although it's not necessarily easily discernible. <laughs> I mean, they uh, got to be. They look like baby, yeah, they look like baby fat snakes. I don't know. <laughs> right. And so you, you get behind her up against that wall, and then you're in a, this is how I dealt with it, you are in a semi-reliable place to whack the snakes back at her when she spats them out. And... Mm-hmm. This is being the second time you deal with it, really, because the first, you, the the you know, you you had the Venus flytrap, you had to, you could do those as Mark, or I did it as Mark, anyways, and was able to whack the notes back at that enemy or that boss. The second one, because there was no chance in hell of doing it as Mark, you don't really experience that mechanic. Uh, but here, I kind of got the feeling, like, oh, this is going to be the way all these are, you know, where you're yep. you're expected to return their projectile fire back at them in one way or another and that's how you kill them so this is very much a need for this magical bat (laughs) exactly yeah not great so that gets very repetitive and dog shit very quickly uh here's about when it happened for me and that's how i got through that the was that was medusa anything of note for you or is that i mean no man you also go behind her uh, no, I actually got a creature again. So a lot of times, like I would go through this and 
like try to skip over like okay so one of my frustrations was the fact that you would go in these rooms and half of them would be empty and so i would get annoyed if i had like the creature and then i wasted time going yeah 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 yeah. so i would just go back i'm like all right i'm gonna try to just make it to the creatures like to the bosses with my creature so that's why i attempt to do most of the time so i'm pretty sure i pieced her up with the creature as well okay okay yeah so that's medusa yeah, and the second boss battle in this level is kind of fucking insane. And this is what we were talking about. I think uh, you, you mentioned it on the title screen. There, yeah, the boss battle, the second one is... <sighs> so it is a collection of fried foods. It is a fried shrimp, a fried onion ring, and a fried whatever the fuck that last thing is. I don't know. Fried <laughs> shish kebab? Like, yeah. what? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what the fuck it is. But they... So they materialize out of that thing that's on the, whatever ends in that room, and then you they 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 just... Bo- all they do is just they bounce at you, like, edge to edge, like, from one side of the screen to the other. They have no projectile mechanic of any kind so i get you know this kind of combats what we just said was a repetitive almost every boss thing so uh, maybe that uh, makes saying that unfounded but <laughs> oh, yeah so it just they just fucking bounce back and forth and there's three of them so and they all take again just a kind of ridiculous number of hits i feel oh it, it didn't make this like this was so frustrating i died the first time because i didn't know there were multiple going <laughs> to be flying at me so I pieced up the first one. I was like, all right, great. Then another <laughs> materialized. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, try to do the same thing. And I end up dying like before the third one came. And I was like, man, this is so frustrating. Like, because I, I Even it felt like we're on that level forever. Yeah, yeah. Like you're swinging yep. for a long time. So yeah, this is definitely a creature situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless, you know, and granted, I never, this is too unenjoyable of a common gameplay experience to yeah. spend the time to grind. You know, if you are willing to grind, you might be able to get a level of health that makes a lot of what we say throughout this fucking playthrough coverage maybe less the case. Because, yeah, I mean, I I never once until I did the thing that I did to make this uh, possible and get to the end of the game. uh, I never got past, I mean, at most a third of life. You know, there's just no way I got more than a third that bar full so you know maybe maybe you're maybe that is the expectation of the developer here and that's why you know it was so difficult but uh yeah so i mean what the way i found i mean you know uh, clearly die once like okay i'm definitely not coming back in here without the flying fucker so yeah Mm -hmm. i did the same thing turn to the flying fucker and you can get through maybe if you're really one and a half or so yeah exactly yeah Yeah, you're not getting any further than maybe a little bit into that second one so uh once that were the case, it was the case. You're, you're back with Mark and your little stubby bat. So you, yeah, are, yeah you know that uh, you, you, <laughs> it's moving too fast. You you can't jump over it. It's just like it's there's a million reasons why it's extremely difficult. And honestly, not even difficult. It's there is no there's no win. There's no guaranteed win state. You know, there's there's yep. no there's no mechanic that you're going to just circumvent all damage here you're you know part of the expectation is here is that it is a marathon all these boss battles have a kind of marathon element to them where you're expected to not be able to master them there's no way to do them perfectly Man. you know Th- this this fight specifically had me sitting there <laughs> thinking like were all of our kid get like games like this <laughs> really like i'm like no they were not like definitely really not like this yeah. like <laughs> 
did Jay. A lot of them were, dude. <laughs> a lot of them were, man. And that's it's just a fundamental difference in the in both game design and game consumption. Uh, the entire ecosystem has has adapted. Uh, I think for the, the lesser and the long, you know, the, the the tutorial just start this problem right here where you were at again when you die, kind of thing is is. Uh, I fucking yeah. hate. I hate it in general. Uh, I'm actually playing one of the things. I guess I should have mentioned this, and the uh, I forgot about it. One of the things I downloaded and was just fucking around with there is uh, Shadowgate. Are you familiar with Shadowgate? I think we've talked about it before. Is is a it's a really Shadowgate. I have not played that. It's an NES. Well, I mean, it's actually it was on multiple platforms. It was a Mac Venture game originally, and it's kind of it's a point and click deal uh, in a fantasy themed environment. And there was an NES port of it. And it was one of my favorite games as a child, but I somehow got wind of a, uh, I think it was originally a Steam Windows version of it that is now, that was like a 2014, it came out of a modernization. It's not an exact rendition of the original game, uh, and granted, I've never played on anything but NES, so maybe it is an exact version of the original version, I don't know, but or exact uh, modernization, <laughs> it's hard to say, but... That came out in 2014, and there's since been been an iOS port. So I got I, I downloaded it for iOS, and oh. I was playing it. And fucking, all, it's a really well done modernization of, of of kind of the same game, like I said. But it is very punitive. It is not is that is you know these the Mac Venture games are known. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, that's for right. Being just like lethal, like you fucking die constantly. There's a million death death states in the game or, or death conditions in the game. So the modernization does nothing to change that. So it was like it, 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 was, <laughs> it was the first game I'd played on a modern platform that was not a like directly intended retro thing uh you know it, it has an air of a modern game to it a modern point and click and but it, it's still every bit as punitive and like i i i it has a total fail condition a, a time-based fail condition like i played the game dude for and you know you're saving as you go like you don't and i i maybe it was a mistake and i maybe i should have known better to not keep save states further back in the thing so you could revert if you do something really dumb or get yeah. you know has wrong in the long term but i did not do that so i got to a point <laughs> in the game where like there's like a time-based thing with it where you if you play the game that long your character just fucking dies on the game it's game over and there's nothing you can do Whoa. about it can't you know it does not like restart a timer or anything like it's a cumulative thing that carries over from save state to save state and yeah I, I got to that part so i played dude i, I mean i don't know how fucking at least five or six hours, maybe even longer, of gameplay that just fuck you. That's lost, dude. You're that's you just need, it. Yeah, you oh, start over. Like, like, like a modern game doing that, like just no way, just no fucking way. No. <laughs> I would never, put that game down and never pick it up. Like, all right, I guess, exactly. done and, you know, guess that was the adventure. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's because we have now been programmed to accept that. But back then, yes, these games were fucking didn't give a shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> these games did not give a shit. So, anyways. Back to the fucking bouncing fucking fried food. These so the way I developed the system I, I figured out was if you took the hit and had it pass through you, if you quickly yep. matched speed with it, like if you let that happen at one end of the screen and then you match speed with it and kind of like rode its ass all the oh, way yeah. back across the screen, uh, you could kind you could without too much trouble match your speed to the speed of the of the sprite of the boss and whack them a shit ton of times before they got to the other edge of the screen 
mm-hmm. and change direction. You know what I mean? So it, you got to take that hit though every time. It, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. And, and even with that, I mean, you're not getting through one of these instances without having to do that. You know, three or four links of the screen. I'd say. <laughs> yep. Your best case scenario is yeah, taking three or four hits, which is crazy. <laughs> I definitely felt accomplished after beating those damn yeah. fried foods. Though I was like, ha, yes, I'm done. Yeah, you know, that's the thing too. Look, when I, you know, I, I probably have said it. Even I, I'm sure I said it for Doctor Wiley. Like the one of the core things I expect out of these games are hard, man, and they they for their complexity take a long time. And if I get to the end of a game and I don't feel like I accomplished something, or these bosses don't give me a feeling of like. I accomplished some shit by doing that. Like I consider that a crime, you know, a criminal. <laughs> oh yeah, it's done. So, Fail. Right. So you know, as much as we will chide this game, I think the uh, it does when you beat one of these things, you're like, yeah, god damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and that's exactly. that's cool. That's that that's how you're supposed to feel when you beat a boss. I think you know. So. Yep. This was so. one of those 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 instances for sure. Oh yeah. Um, so this this stage does have a third. The first the first level only had two. This stage does have three boss battles, and the boss the third one in this level is a wishing well that flings yes. at you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it, try to fucking imagine this, Jay, or or maybe listener out there, you have to whack the plates back at it. <laughs> Wait, so you you thought it was plates? So I, this was the funny thing. I figured, okay, we're just kind of talking about a wishing well, right? So yeah. maybe. It's flinging back all the coins of the people okay. that wished in it. That's what I that, thought. I was like, that "Whoa!" Makes, that makes way more sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They looked like plates. <laughs> but they were big, though. Yeah. They were and, huge. And, right. Yeah, and I at this point was emotionally checked out to the point where I was not trying. To, <laughs> I was not trying to dissect what the the developers' intent. I was just like, you're over I, it. <laughs> I want to fucking this. I need to kill this thing as fast as possible. I'm actually looking at it right now, and maybe they're coins, but. <laughs> they were awfully big for coins. There were coins. That is true. Just, uh, it had to fit the narrative to me. Otherwise, yeah. I was going to check out too. So I like that mentality. I'm the same way. I want a story, but I, I didn't. I like I said I was checking the fuck out, dude. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So unless you have the flying fucker in this thing, uh, in, in which case you can just spam it with your projectile attack, uh, it was very hard. <laughs> and I just did the former. <laughs> Uh, so this is the Wishing Wells where you get the key, and you're moving on and heading off to round. They're called rounds, too. We didn't say that at the beginning. They're not called stages or levels. They're called rounds. So round three is a cave, and the background animation is kind of cool here. I, I like this a lot, actually. Yeah. It's like there's the, – you know, it looks like a very – far off in the distance you know basically just the one line in the middle of the screen that goes all the way across the stage where it looks like you can see outside you know and they're ninja gaiden yeah that's a good that's a that's a good uh analogy for sure and they uh there's there's a constant lightning effect going on Hmm. back there so that's it looks cool it's it's more interesting than than most of the backgrounds i think in the game so Music, musically, uh, musically, music, music here was noticeably different and more enjoyable. So, uh, do you know offhand if any, like the the ones that you picked, are those have those came up in the uh, in the first two stages? Uh, they have not. Uh, or do you know? Right, I guess the better question is, do you know what stage the rocker? I guess these are boss themes, though, so they probably are not applicable to what I'm what I'm thinking was a good song. But uh, yeah, the rocker. Yeah, that's definitely a later stage. So is the other one. Okay, yep. dancing zombies. Okay. Uh, so, Anna, this was one instance where I was not totally disgusted with music. So, 
Woohoo. Uh, there are stalactites. Falling stalactites. Yeah. <laughs> brought me back. I was like, wait, these are not <laughs> We talked about this. Did you have to Google it? Did you have to Google it or did you remember? No, no, I remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there are stalactites, not stalagmites, falling from the ceiling. Uh, and they... They do have like this. Uh, they caught me at first because yeah, I just wasn't looking up there. But mm-hmm. they do have a discernibly uh, blue hue to them, so they're identifiable and not totally random, which is not always uh, to be expected in one of these games. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so you have that going on as an environmental uh, uh, danger. And coming out of the first room, uh, save for a question mark that turned me into a flying fucker, uh, I saw a glimpse of some additional programmer remorse here. Uh, the so you come out of that room and it's like it's the it's the door that's set down in the kind of like a little bit of a it's like a two space well in the um I don't know the the the, the ground level of the of of the of the stage and there's a door in there and oftentimes when you come out of these doors in games like this like you go in a room come out a door and like if it's a kind of game where like everything is just reset and back again which is you know more commonplace than not i think yep. you come out of the door and like everything is just the way it was and whatever the fuck would happen would just immediately happen and you got to deal with it when you come out of that first room going into it there's a stalactite directly above that door and when you come out of the room that stalactite does not fall again which I was shocked. <laughs> like it was so significant to me that I, I had to pause the game and like make sure I, <laughs> I was like, am I am I thinking of that correctly? Uh, because I, you know, it's just so far beyond what I would expect that the level of care I would expect the developers of uh, developers of this to have taken. You know what I mean? <laughs> Man, I feel like you, maybe mine was bugged then because I came out of the door and did well, the, not remember to look back up unless it was a different part up. and almost there's got taken up. out. If the, okay. the, there's two of them right above it, and if you step in the space next to the door, that one falls on your head. So maybe okay, that's, maybe that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, there's two of them right there, and that's I mean that honestly that's what cued my noticing this is that there were I know I know there were two of them that took up the entire breadth of that platform where the mm-hmm. door was, and then when I came out, they both didn't fall. You know what I mean? So nice. That's how I noticed it. Yeah. So. Kind of cool and somewhat nice. And the first boss you encounter in this round is a minotaur that shot cows at you. And <laughs> uh, as weird as fuck as it was, it actually was pretty caked by boss in this game. Yeah, so, not uh, bad at all. Yeah, I just kind of rode his ass from behind and spammed him. So that was nice. And the second boss was an invisible man that had an Egyptian pyramid sphinx backdrop behind it. And again, just like no correlation whatsoever. <laughs> I, I was very confused. I was like, wait a minute. Am I in Egypt? Like, what? This is not Egyptian backgrounds. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. It's yeah. The, the rest of the, it, it has no correlation to the rest of the level. It also has no correlation at all. To the invisible man. Like the invisible man is... Uh, I think I actually have seen that movie, but it has been a long time. Like that's that's I believe set in the UK. I think it's like kind of. <laughs> I feel like it had almost a uh, Sherlock Holmes kind of story world to it. That movie, but mm, I don't remember. Definitely not fucking ancient Egypt. I know that for a fact. Yeah. So this thing fired snakes, and I died. And this is exactly where I decided I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, yeah, I stopped playing it, uh, at least in the, in the way I would normally approach one of these fucking games. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean, Josh? How did you stop playing it? it say more. <laughs> uh, I turned it the fuck off. 
<laughs> and said, I'm not going to play this game anymore. And then sat there and stewed for a few minutes. And I was like, I got to see the fucking end of the game to respond <laughs> to this podcast. So I turned it back on and started Googling. Or I turned, I rather, before I turned it back on, I started Googling and uh, basically found a uh, game fact with passwords that allow you to kind of, you know, almost like the Mike Tyson password oh, jump okay. to the final boss situation so the, the one i found actually very specifically uh started you on round eight which is the final round and with a max life bar Whoa. <laughs> so i was like i read that and i was like all right done deal let's party Whoa. <laughs> nice so i mean that was yeah that was the extent uh, until round eight of my level by level so uh it kind of feels like maybe you made it further than me maybe you take the reins here and, and take us through uh, starting with this Sphinx boss. How oh f- man, not much farther, but yeah, we'll go. We'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I pieced up that Sphinx boss, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty pretty straightforward. Continuing the same stuff the rest of the level until you get to this giant spider. But like for me, it looked just like a big face with spider legs. So awkward, but the same mechanic as everything else, you know. I feel knock, like knock stuff back at it. I've, you're saying that, dude, and like I can't place exactly what it is, but I feel like I've seen something somewhere in a movie or a show or something where that is a thing. Like a, really, a, a spider with a human face uh, feels like something that's passed in front of my eyes before. But maybe so. It was really yeah. easy though. Yeah, so. that's total, total <laughs> conjecture. So who knows? Yeah. So yeah, I mean that was the end of that, and I pretty much. We must have come to the same conclusion at the same time because I was still trying to push forward like, okay, I got the hang of this game, but it's at this point, like, it's not even fun anymore. Like, right. if, if I was a kid playing this, I'd have been like, all right, mom, I'm ready. You can take this one back. Let's <laughs> game. You know? Yeah, well, that's that, that, just like that exact, that, the, that exact sentiment I got at the end of the first stage. Like, it, 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 every stage is the same. Like, that, and, and after you do it three times. Uh, and I guess I didn't even get to the end of the third stage, but like that all the more to the point, like you do it 2.67 times. And like, I've, I don't, I, I do not need to spend more of my life doing this. Like this is, I'm going, nothing is going to change. <laughs> like I'm 100% certain that nothing is going to change between now and the end of this game and my experience, you know? So yeah, I just, I couldn't fucking do it anymore, man. Dude. I, I was trying to be a trooper though. Yeah. Like I was trying to be a trooper. So I was like, all right, let me push through. So push to the end of that one, piece up whoever else. I'm in round five, and for me, this is where I, I was just done. Like got I got four as well. I I got through four. What were the bosses? Like, I don't even remember every boss. Like after the the spider was the only one. No, okay, I forgot. So was it in that round or the next round? No. So that was pretty much it. Like the spider boss was like the other big one that I can remember from that one, and then we moved on to round five, and. This is where it just got chaotic because, like, you have this giant, like, I don't even know what you call him, like, Japanese statue warrior guy. And he's like, his words are like, I'm moving slow or something what's like that, that. What's that called? It, it, that's a, that's what one is that? a terracotta Samurai. warrior. Terracotta yeah. Warrior. I'm like, yeah. what is that dude? <laughs> you, know, you know how I know that, Jay? Fucking civiliza- you know that? civilization. It's one of the really? wonders <laughs> of civilizations. The only reason I know that. <laughs> <laughs> And it was a pain, though. Like, it was not a fun thing. Like, I died to it multiple times. And this round, particularly, it was split in two, right? So you're going, you can go up, you can go down, and there's, 
different platforms you can go on but like if you go the wrong way like if you decide you're going to go up instead of down you might have to go all the way back it'll dead to end get you. to the oh, next yeah it'll dead yes. end you or you'll get too far and realize you don't have the creature to fight this boss so i went back and forth and there's these little scorpion things and these scorpion things that they scorpions but like they're constantly shooting things from their tail like at an at an in an arc and so if you're just mark if you're just the kid with a bat you get taken down pretty quickly and like i had to keep going back and forth to try to find which boss had this daggone skull and without the creature i was like i'm done i can't i can't <laughs> i'm just done i finally got the key but i was just like i am gonna die making it back through the end of this level like there's this giant cat who like just keeps popping up out of a box and like to your point about <laughs> talking about the freaking baseball bat and how it's unreliable i stood in the same spot knocking this little mini kittens back at this cat like over and over again and then oh, so at that, one point so, so that's, angle a stop that's, a, that's a reoccurring enemy uh theme is that 100 percent yeah they're throwing your children <laughs> yes yeah, just, just throw just tossing your children at the fucking <laughs> player so bad but like it, it was just it it got unreliable at one point where I'm like, I was hitting the cat, not moving. And then all of a sudden the bat would be knocking the cats and they just wouldn't be hitting them at all. And I just sat there for what felt like 15 minutes. Like, can I hit the cat again? Like moving around. Like, what's going on? <laughs> so after that, I'm like, all right, I'm done. That was the end of it. The end of the gameplay. I'm like, I'll just watch a playthrough for the rest of this, but I'm not playing anymore. It's not fun. Yeah. Game down. Yeah. I feel that. Like, and <laughs> Yeah, I, I might say part of it is just the total exhaustion of having been also on that shoot at the same time and it, all the shit going on that's going on uh, that, that that was happening in the context of. That, I'm sure that could have been part of it. Maybe I would have stuck it out a little longer. I, 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 there, I doubt there are – I'm not sure there is a uh, global state that could have put me in a place or would have let me be in a place rather where I would have actually finished this game, though, <laughs> with that said. so I will say one good thing about it. I don't know if you saw – if it was any different because you were on stage eight, but on this level, when you got the pill and turned into the creature, in addition to being pink, like the beams that you shoot, instead of going straight, they were kind of doing this DNA pattern. They like change, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually watching the video. I'm watching the playthrough. I'm watching. Uh, I'm seeing that for the first time, actually. I noticed. Yeah, I, it, it is. And it's kind of just, you know, it's like a, there is no significant. I mean, I guess if, if the bullet, your, your projectile pattern changes, this is not the case but having not saw that i interpreted as uh it being just like a nice little touch that they put in the development to give it some variance especially yeah. in a game that otherwise <laughs> has very little variance uh to each each stage yes having its own kind of color code for the both the pill that you pick up and then the monster you turn into uh that them always being matching and then different from level to level was cool yeah, yeah. but actually I, I feel like maybe i didn't write it down wrong because like i'm looking at this playthrough and the dancing <laughs> i definitely made it to the dancing guys but they're in round five so maybe that maybe i did make it past that one and then i put it down <laughs> yeah it, it it only uh. it only it only furthers the overarching point to not be sure <laughs> <laughs>
Of course, that was the dancing zombies theme. I actually really like that one. Yeah, that is a uh, yeah. I'll... I, again, I just can't believe that those songs. Is... I mean, I guess if I if I <laughs> really if just talk, we, we just talked about how I quit before the end. Of the day, <laughs> so I guess I shouldn't be so shocked that there might be content that I missed, but. Uh, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, my experience through three has uh, leaves me very surprised that there's as much good music as you found. But but, but that's all there was, just that music. Because otherwise, <laughs> like you hit the zombies, they disappear and then come back, and you literally just sit and watch them dance. That's all. <laughs> you don't even fight them, so you didn't is miss it, anything. Else. Is, it, is it like thriller esque or no? They're just sitting there. They they just <laughs> dance back and forth. I, I don't even know, man. Like it's just it's 1989. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Limited very, sprite movement. Yeah, that is that is a very good way to summate it. Uh, <laughs> it's 1989. So, uh, yeah, the uh, as I mentioned before a little break, that we I, I had dug up this code that took me straight to round eight with a full life bar. So I'm like, okay, let's see what the end of this game has to offer in that context, that much much less stressful context. <laughs> So the the for the last stage, it I mean I don't know if you you said you watched the play video, but it looks pretty fucking cool. There's like it's it's a there's some castle shit going on. It's in the clouds at night, right? So mm. the enemy set is for the most part there's these witches that are flying ar- around back and forth, and there's I mean there's there's a lot of flying shit everywhere actually, <laughs> and it would be. The level would, without a doubt, if you're not maxed out, be a real bear. <laughs> Put it mildly. So there, there is kind of, I mean, it's not, you know, no one gave me a prep, uh, a pep talk before I started here uh, from the development team. But I, I'm guessing that the expectation here is that you're trying to maintain your monster status throughout this. There did seem gotcha. to be, yeah, mm-hmm. there did seem to be enough of the pills uh, being dropped by enemies that it was semi-feasible to do that. And so, yeah, I, I got into this baby. I killed both bosses and uh, I went in all the rooms that that were available to me. And then at the end of the level, there's a another castle and it's gated. It's all gated up. And I had beaten the bosses and I had not gotten the key. So I was mm. like, fuck you, monster party. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck? Why can't I get into the, the? Please let me into the boss so I can put this behind me. But the not they're not doing that. The I had to what? Google again, uh, even after cheating just to get here. I got to Google more. <laughs> and what? yes, this and it, the answer is is a real fuck you, dude. So you play this entire game, and it scrolls from left to right. Entire game. Never once have an instance. I mean, you, yes, you talked about backtracking a little bit at times. So again, I didn't have to do that really, other than that first stage when I just had no fucking idea what's going on. Uh, but basically, you can go left at the beginning of the stage, and that oh. there's yeah. I mean, I in, I don't know. Maybe I'm That's stupid. Maybe I'm stupid, and I, and I should and I should have thought of it, but I did not think of it. it didn't even kind of occur to me. <laughs> and I well, never... you can't do it in the other stages. Like you start and you go right. Precisely. And, but, you know, I mean, and the, you know, the whole talk we just had about, like, fitting difficulty into okay. these, the constraints yeah. of these game design limitations, uh, you know, like, the, there's only so, there, no, there, there is still an infinite number, it's creativity, but the, you know, there is, trying to find a way to do that is probably hard, so, like, I will commend them for breaking standard convention and trying to do something different and make this last level a 
bigger hurdle than the ones previous, but it was still a huge fuck you to me at the time. <laughs> so, yeah, so you go left, and uh, it's um, there's like a church over there. And that's another thing, too. You get Christian imagery that would have really chapped Nintendo America's ass <laughs> to be in a game. Uh, and in it is a snake boss that also did not give me a key. So, hmm. yeah, exactly. So, uh, it's there's like the way, like each one of the boss rooms in this level uh, is, it has like a design, a, a background design that like, uh, there's like these eyes that kind of like lend. I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to describe it. But it just it gave it a th- it gave it, it gave the boss rooms a through line that suggested that perhaps it was almost like a visual puzzle that suggested perhaps that there was a left boss room that you need to go find. You know what I mean? Like the two really? middle one and the right one had this design that I guess if you really dissected and thought about, and like, I only, I only realized this after I got into the left one, but I think maybe there was some level of hinting at, you know, you've only had two of them and there's a, there's a third one. That's like the final puzzle to the piece of this puzzle. So that is one uh, caveat maybe to, like I said, of the total, no other inclination to go over there at all. But, um, hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, yeah. So I, I, you know, did the thing and beat that, and then I realized I actually, I hadn't, I still hadn't. Like, you have to basically have to beat all three bosses. Like, it's not a matter of previously it was, it was you beat a certain boss and you get the key. In this one, I think you just have to beat all three, and whoever the third one is gives you the key. So when I saw that on Google, and then just like, okay, I'm just gonna go beat that fucking boss to the left end, and I can go to the end boss. He didn't give me the key, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you have to go actually beat all three it's not a matter of just beating that one so that was also a slightly different mechanic than, you, than you've experienced to date uh, that's here in the last level so they pulled out okay. all the stops on making it as difficult as it could possibly be uh, until so the, the getting into you know, the gate is then open and you go into the, the, the castle and that is where the final boss happens and it was a, it was actually a pretty cool looking screen it's actually it was reminiscent of the title screen the look to it kind of like those big jaws you know but the battle itself was incredibly boring and wrote like everything else in the game. Uh, and, yeah, and granted, I cheated and had a maxed out dude, so perhaps that isn't the case if you reach and defeat it on actual merit. But uh, <laughs> as far as the actual mechanic of, you know, it just wasn't it wasn't that difficult or or, or interesting in all honesty. Um, so nothing surprising yeah. about that. Yeah, exactly. Weak. Nothing surprising about it being weak, though. <laughs> and you, so you beat that thing, and it's a, you get a pretty wild. The end cutscene is, is is pretty fun and original, and and uh, of note, I suppose. Uh, so you get the, and this is not, I don't think, all that unique, but you get uh, it was all a dream kind of thing, a vibe going on. Uh, yeah. So you're given a princess in a box. Like she's a collectible, basically. Like you're just given this box, and there's a princess, <laughs> uh, which is you know I don't know. Kind of goes back to that Rostan conversation we had about the uh, objectivity of like all these games, and just gonna, I need to get you need to get it. I'm gonna get you. Got I have to find a way to gain the ownership of a princess. <laughs> every game, every game goes back to that. Uh, every even, game. And even if it has no like, there's no there's no mention in any of the lore 
prior to the end of the game about a princess. Like, I don't remember shit being said about a princess. Like, it was never... no princess ever mentioned. Yeah, it was never a stated goal (laughs) that we're trying to save some princess. So just out of nowhere, like, I'll throw this... This is a a throwaway story uh, plot point Uh, that, like, you now have a princess now that you beat this, but... What have you. And then... uh, All that is you given, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's all a dream. You get this princess as a reward, and then you, it's all turned on its head because the princess melts into a monster. And what? Yeah, you get like this, you know, the, the, <laughs> you, you wake up from the dream. Like that's when the dream thing ends, and you wake up from the dream, and you're like, oh shit, everything's normal. I just dreamt that. And then you go to your door, and the dude's out there, the, the monster guy. And he's like, Something about I think you got to fucking like we got more work to do or something. <laughs> <laughs> it might even actually just cut to black. I can't remember for sure. Uh, but it was you know, it was just a little more effort than you normally get out of the end of a game. Usually it's just like you know fucking save the princess. Everyone goes home now. But hmm. they tried hey. to sell you a little bit more of a story here, uh, despite all the boring shit in the game itself. So that so was that was the last level fun going through there with that with the power ups. Um, what's your take of the last level? It was not, it still wasn't fun, man. It was like, (laughs) yeah, it was, uh, you know, especially it. And and again, it's kind of, it's hard to give an honest, uh, not even honest, but like a, a, a correct assessment of the experience because I had to cheat to get there. Like I, you know, there was that, it's not that whole, it's, it's a very different feel if you, you know, I'm sure level, I don't know what level seven entails, but I'm sure it was a bitch. (laughs) So like you get through that and you start this level and like there, you know, your, 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 your intake of being in what I assume you would know, hopefully, I think it's an instruction manual, the whole, the, the, the hierarchy of the level of, of the, of the rounds. So you would know you're going into the last level, the kind of suspense and anticipation built up anticipation and accomplishment that would all come with that experience uh, is not present here for my experience of the eighth level. So it was just kind of like a little bit of a, just going by the, paint by numbers kind of thing you know just like i need to get to the end so i can do my podcast (laughs) not not the same it's not the way it's supposed to be experienced yeah Yeah. um i i will say that i am with a thousand percent glad that i did not put in the work necessary to do it uh all natural (laughs) because I, i would not have felt fulfilled i'm sure in the overall uh of getting there other than just the stubborn uh, victory of like having stuck with it, like you know the feeling that that gives you when you just fucking ram your head against the wall and finally get a fucking to the end of something, uh, regardless yeah. of not having any fun doing it. Just like that accomplishment feeling, sure would have been nice, but like it's done. The yep. task is done. Yeah. <laughs> <Moving on. laughs> yeah, the task. This task is put to rest. Uh, and so it says it all. Yeah, and so is fucking monster party prototype, Japanese prototype for the NES. theme logically bringing us to the end of this podcast and king lord's blessing the verdict section jay what the fuck is your verdict on king lord's uh, blessing or not blessing this game there shall be no blessing given <laughs> for this game. 
There's no blessing happening. Take it out back. Put it to rest. We shall never speak of it again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I appreciate where they were trying to go, even with the original story. Like, I started playing this at first before I ever read the history of it because I forgot that we were like, hey, you got to get into the history of it. So I was just trying to play it uh, as I would have played it as a kid. But that was annoying. So when I stepped away after that first level and did all the stuff and read about it, and I was like, okay, I enjoyed it more, but it was still just repetitive, not worth it, not that fun. And yeah, overall, pass. <laughs> pass. Essentially, it's funny you say that. Like, my, like the way, you know, we've talked before about, you know, the, there's like, there's, there's a certain level of like, determining your protocol of approach to revisiting these games and mm-hmm. like i i do you know i do all the re- I, I sit down and read the, i've talked about it before i read all the read the instruction manual i do my overview sections and all that shit in advance because as a kid like I, and to me that is a replication of my childhood because as a kid i'm reading that instruction book bit front to back in the car yeah. ride home <laughs> before i get there so like i'm never getting i'm never i'm never i'm very rarely anyways i guess i shouldn't say never but most of the time i'm not just dropping into a game uh uneducated about the story world etc cetera, etc cetera. so like i am replicating my childhood experience but if you were the kind of kid who yes did not bother to do that shit then and just pick shit up and try to t- start whacking at it like it's hard to say whether and what's more appropriate you know because they are they're, <laughs> they're, they're misaligned what would what would better position you to approach these games uh in like a from a knowledge perspective and try and do replay it like you would as a kid which is also part of what we're trying to do here like those are conflicting uh goals <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad i'm glad i don't have your i like your, it different yeah i'm glad i don't have your dilemma jay that would be that would be very that would be tearing for me that would, that would tear me apart <laughs> <laughs> well it's not uniform you know there's sometimes i definitely use the booklets other, time, <laughs> other times i just didn't you know especially renting games you know sometimes they came with the booklets sometimes they didn't it was a roll of the dice josh roll yeah, of the dice sometimes you're just reading that shitty little sticker on the inside panel with very little information exactly yep i want i would love to that's actually i'm gonna start googling that when we get off here i want to i haven't thought to google those i wonder if like i don't remember exactly what those looked like and i'm curious whether they commonly would have had like kind of like what amounts to our little overview section like even even in their like abridged condition of trying to just it's got to fit on a sticker on the inside cover of a nintendo game <laughs> yeah. nintendo case rather like would they still bother to put like a little synopsis blurb at the beginning you know or was it just like here are the controls fuck off kid <laughs> you know yeah. I'm, I'm curious what those look like i'm gonna have to I'm plow through reddit and find some but yep Next anyhow course. king lord's blessing uh i see why the game has a little bit of the cult following there's a lot of shit here on the subject matter front that you'd never see, you know, uh, ever, ever in an 8-bit Tendo game. And that's cool and interesting and, like, you know, any sort of break from the norm is to be appreciated. But the actual gameplay is boring and repetitious. The mm. physics are not awful but are far from engaging. And there is incredibly little here that urges you to press on through all of that bullshit, you know, which is exactly why I only got to to level 2.7 <laughs> uh, in this thing, because it's just, I couldn't, there was just not, no, I, I, I was certain there was no incentive for me to go, go to, 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 to do that thing that I said of ramming your head against the wall and pushing through what can be, you know, all these games often have some kind of lull in them where you're like, you want to put it down, but there's a, you've, you've accumulated enough investment that you're like you you get through those moments you know that's how any that's not even a retro game that's just a gaming thing in general uh and this game doesn't do enough to to make you vested you know no. uh, no, I, sir. Can't, 
yeah, I can't sing. I can't see King Lorik wanting this in his arcade, despite the pop culture novelty of it. So I also will not give it King Lorik's blessing. And that's an over two on this fucking game. So moving on with our lives, we will next up be reading Nintendo Power number seven. And you could subscribe to the pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, TuneIn, Podbean, et cetera, et cetera. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever platform you do listen to it on. And the website uh, is entertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. You can email us directly to talk shit at ISOH podcast at gmail.com. Follow the pod on Facebook. Link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlist will be in the show notes. There's the ISOH subreddit if you want to get down on Reddit. Jay, what are your socials? You can catch me, Gentleman JB, on Twitter and Facebook uh, without the second E, Josh. <laughs> and you can follow me on Facebook, or rather on Twitter, at Josh Follin, and on Instagram, at My Shift Key is Broke. And you can follow me on Facebook, too, but you just got to find my name. There's no handle for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, bye. Bye-bye.